Welcome to episode number 10 of the How to Pair Beer with Everything podcast brought to you by NEPACene.com. Yes, we have reached 10. We are now in the double digits, so this just got real. This week, though, we are down George and Matt again, but they will be making their triumphant return on the next one. But this week, you have to listen to Rich and I ramble on again about all the things that are going on in society and our viewpoints on them. But that's what you're listening for, isn't it? We also enjoy some great beers from Rare Barrel and New Belgium, two phenomenal sour beers this week. So if you're into sour, this is definitely your jam. But if you want to get in touch, reach out to us, nepacene.com. That's N-E-P-A-S-C-E-N-E.com. Let us know. But for right now, let's just get this one started. Right. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds yeah. very, very dulcet. <laughs> well, you know, I I can't help myself. Um, all right, so uh, we are back. We are Georgeless again. I don't know if you you don't even know what's going on with George. George is now actually we won't get into just personal business, but he's kind of going through a detox, I guess, um, dietary thing where he's he's actually not going to drink for the bulk of the month until his birthday at the end of this month. So he's actually. Uh, Laid up the drinking shoes for a while. Well, good for him. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how, uh, when he reports back, he'll be back. Yeah. He always comes back. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, he'll probably be upset because this week I'm, I uh, figured, you know, I wanted to get, we're having two really good sour beers, which I think we did one on here when we first started. Yeah. No, yeah. I, a while back. And we haven't, I don't even remember what, when we talked did. about it since. I but uh, th- this is uh, from a brewery called the Rare Barrel. They do all sours and they're, absolutely phenomenal like they're really great they're from berkeley california uh we're doing this is called home sour home now what this is it's a golden sour beer so it's it's got that light uh malt you know usually pilsner malt type of thing so it's really light uh aged in oak barrels now this is where the kicker comes in it shows like what they know what they're doing aged with agent oak barrels with peaches cinnamon and vanilla bean see like (laughs) I got I I took a sip and like I visibly jumped back because it was like wow this is yeah. there's just so much going on here you know like there's so much to take in yeah they're they're very much uh, like a wine like that's how they even when you're like reading the descriptions of their beers on the side of their bottles even their packaging it's very much like a, a vineyard type thing that's what they're going for yeah even the bottle kind of looks like a wine but they they really are a sour brewery that that knows what they're doing and and. What's awesome is they're really approachable guys, too. They're, like, really down to earth because some people, when they get into some of these styles of beer, kind of, uh, well, they get stuck up their own ass. We'll just call it as it is, and um, they definitely don't. They're they're really nice guys to talk to, uh, really unbelievably knowledgeable, too, because once they got into this, they really dove in, and they wanted to learn everything they could, and every new beer that I get from them is phenomenal. Like, they're slowly making their way out here. Uh, you can find them periodically popping up in different places, but they're they're definitely worth seeking out if you can find any of their stuff. But uh, so, what have you been up to besides going crazy like me? <laughs> uh, well, this this last week has been pretty nuts because uh, we're NEPA scene is now a year old, uh, which Holy is crazy. Really, yeah, wow. it's crazy to think about. Um, so my whole 
my whole life really changed when that started. Yeah. I mean, technically, it's it's like a year and three months, uh, but because uh, I, I started working on it last July and then launched it publicly in September. But I had been updating with content in those you know few months yeah. in between, you know, just to kind of get it prepared, get it ready, get into the mode of you know going public and and having something for people to see when they got there. So. Um, so the last like couple months, it's it's been crazy building up to that because then of course we also started our uh, NEPA scenes got talent event again, which is basically like an open mic format, uh, but we uh, give prizes away every week. Uh, the audience gets to vote for who their favorite uh, open mic performer is that particular night, and then after uh, you know, and they they win a fifty dollar cash prize each night, and then. Uh, after 12 weeks of doing that, then we do a, f- uh, a big showcase show and everybody gets to perform for a panel of judges to win like a grand prize. And, uh, you know, we're partnering with like a local distributor, uh, LT Verastro, uh, who puts out, you know, all, you know, all the best stuff you can find in the area. Plus, um, uh, Samuel Adams is also one of our sponsors as well. This Go time, Sammy. Which is awesome. I mean, it's it's huge for us. Uh, la- last time we had uh, Great Lakes Brewing Company mm-hmm. for the first season, and uh, they were they were great to work with. Uh, Sam Adams is is awesome because they're a big you know recognizable yeah. name. A lot of people know who they are, and um, they also did uh, at the last one we did a couple. Uh, the first one we did a couple days ago, uh, a beer stein holding competition, which is something oh, they're doing across yeah. the country I right attempted, now. I attempted to do that one one time. Did you? Oh, How it, was that for you? Oh, painful. <laughs> it, 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 it's funny because like you're doing it, and there's always going to be like one guy who's just like shouldn't even be attempting it. See, when you, when he goes down, you're like, oh, all right, I lasted past somebody, and then literally your arm starts shaking. Yeah, like, like you're having some kind of seizure fit. Yeah, and was, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> you can't, and you have no control over it. That's the only thing I remember is like looking at my arm and it's just shaking uncontrollably. I'm like the fuck is going on and then it just you're you're done your arm just kind of like gives out on you <laughs> and oh it's the worst i think i think i lasted until there might have been two two or three guys after me something like that i, I was down to a, a few so i felt a little better about myself but fucking, <laughs> it was such a weird feeling i mean the stein is huge because yeah. i mean if you've seen you know like like uh you know your average beer stein like this is like Almost twice I think the they're, size. They're of that. one and a half liters. I think that's what you do the beer stein holding with. Yeah, it's one point five liters. It's it's nuts. Thankfully, they didn't put beer in it because obviously the beer would have just spilled <laughs> everywhere. So they filled them with water, you know, because we were outside and and on the patio area there, and uh, and yeah, it was funny to see like at about those you know two or three minute mark, mm-hmm. everybody starts <laughs> shaking like it's an earthquake. You know, it's really really funny to watch. And uh, the owner of the bar ended up winning actually, which oh. was really funny. Oh, I call rigged. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> But I mean, th- you have to hold it straight out. Like you can't yeah, bend you your can't arm bend your or out, yeah. anything like that. So that that that's what makes it you know particularly tough. And they do a men's and a women's this year as well. Uh-huh. Um, and then they go off to if if they if they win, they can go to Jimmy Kimmel Live. They're gonna do like the oh, wow. the finals there basically. <laughs> and then whoever wins that gets to go to Oktoberfest in uh, Germany. Oh wow! So it's 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 pretty cool. It's a I, it's a I, neat thing. I'm wondering. It'd be funny to see them airing that on Kimmel Live, just like for the guy who can hold it for like ten minutes, just ten minutes of just some big fat beer guy, you know, <laughs> stand there holding a beer stein. Right. Oh, this is great TV. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well. 
So between that and all the the planning just for other stuff, I mean, I'd love to do maybe like a a one-year anniversary show or something like cool to celebrate. So, you know, working on that kind of stuff. And, you know, plus the regular writing on the website stuff. I mean, that's all the events and things are something I never planned to get into, Mm -hmm. but it just kind of happened. So. Well, that's how everything winds up. It's just like the the subtle things. Like even when I started doing the radio, that was kind of just fell into it. And then it's like, oh, I never really plan on doing that. And then just other things start snowballing and it's, it just winds up happening. And then those things take over your life, which is always fun. Because right, those exactly. things are tend to be a little bigger than what you did previously. So now you're kind of trying to balance all that out. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, why can't I sleep at night? Why am I so tired all the time? Yeah, I, I know that one. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So one of the things that happened between uh, last week and this week that I think we have to talk about is Wes Craven passing away, which was a sad. I It, it was just kind of one of those... Because actually how, how I found out was I was sitting down here and uh, Sarah told me that, that Wayne Dyer, the, uh, I don't know what you want to call him, life coach, whatever, he he wrote a bunch of, he's like a Tony Robbins type guy. It's, I'm trying to think of what, and uh, he had passed away. And then not even like five minutes later, I see Wes Craven passed away. I was like, oh, because like I had seen Wayne Dyer and like I didn't mind the guy. He was like a. He was a less pretentious douchebag type <laughs> positive person. Right. And um but then I saw Wes Craven and I was like immediately moved on to just looking all that up and it was just like such an awful like because I, I had heard the murmurs, but he really tried to keep that under wraps what yeah. was going on with everything. Because I, I had heard that, you know, everything with the brain cancer and what was going on, but it seemed that it wasn't going that route that quickly. Right. I mean, eventually, you know, with anything. You, you never know with those kinds of yeah. things because, you know, obviously families want to keep that stuff private and, you know, it is none of our business, you know, yeah. like oh, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, but you want, you you get so attached to people like that, that you want to know those little minutia, you know, like you, you want to know how they're doing on a day-to-day basis. I mean, who knew, who knew that, you know, Roddy Roddy Piper oh, yeah, was going to pass away so, as suddenly as he did, you know, he seemed healthy as a horse. I mean, he beat cancer himself. So, I mean, that's, you know, you, you never, you never know, you know, how people live day to day, especially, you know, even, even if you're uh, one of these convention goers who, you know, meets these Mm -hmm. people on a regular basis, you know, they might put on a smile and a face for uh, the convention. And then after the show, they're hurting, you know, you don't know what they're going through. Yeah. Well, look at that. What was it? Uh, Lemmy just the other day during a Motorhead concert, like to stop. Right. I, I can't do it. Which is, you know, for, for him, him. Oh, yeah, for him, that's like, holy like shit. He like, he must have been going through hell. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm sure he's gone on a million times mm-hmm. feeling like shit. Oh, he's just gotten through I think through that was it. his general yeah. state of being. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, did you ever see that documentary, Lemmy? Did you watch yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Like, you just see that and think, how? Like, those are the people that I am amazed at. How are you alive? Right. Not even, like, how did you live through that? Like, how are you still living that and still alive? Like these Keith Richards kind of people. Yeah. You know? That like, it's just like, no. They're they, just it, living it, this crazy life. It's not like, get through you, it. You, know, you watch behind the music. It's like, oh, you know, we did all these things and we learned our lesson and now we're clean and sober and got ourselves fixed up. And it's like, no, fuck that. I'm still going to do this <laughs> until I'm dead. And it's like. I mean, good on them, I guess. That's what they want to do. But it's just amazing that like they're still alive and they're still going. Because he's in his seventies. I don't know what his. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I know they said he's his age there. when he when that happened because that, that's where everybody goes all of a sudden because it's like, oh, something's wrong. Oh, well, he's this age. And it's like, well, it could also be something else. You know? Sure. There I mean, are very spry seventy somethings that are lots more spry than probably even me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. 
Guys like Stan Lee still going at 92 yeah. years oh, old, God, yeah. and he's like, you know, he, you, you think, oh, there's no way he's 92, you know? And all you hear from everybody whenever you run into him is just, like, how, like, he's just so alert, so there. Yeah, he's just very, on it. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, there's no sign of that that happening. Yeah. But, like, with everything with Wes, it was, the thing that was sad to me is he had such an extensive portfolio of movies, and just all you heard about was Nightmare on Elm Street. Which That's is like, true. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it, because, I mean, that was the one that really broke, and... But it's like there was something the other one that he's known for, but he kind of he even distanced himself from his last house on the left. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of denounced even having done. That. Did you see the original one before? Yes. Yeah. It's just which I, I do prefer over the. Oh, the, yeah. The the, yeah. The, well, it's it's funny because, you know, that's based on um, an Ingmar Bergman film. I don't yeah. Because yeah. like the, the original of that like is the Virgin Spring. And it's funny if you watch that and then watch Last House on the Left because you could see it like it's a total remake basically sure minus the you know making a girl piss herself and all that, kind of <laughs> that ingmar bergman was you know an auteur but not, not not at that level in a black and white movie um but you could just see that influence but where that film went was so beyond what i mean even to watch that now because like i still that's why i think i love 70s movies like that that grittiness that they had yeah that like now I'm trying to think of like some, there's been a handful of movies now that have come out that are trying to basically put themselves as being a, you know, the seventies or 80, early eighties throwback. And they put that filter on it. On the, you can just see that it's supposed to be like lens scratches and stuff like, you know, that old seventies pop. And it's, you can't, you cannot replicate. Like you have to do that. Cause it just kind of comes across as being fake, but that's what, you know, movies like Last House, Last House on the Left, like it stood out like that because it looked like a documentary, right? And that's what made it so unsettling. And like films like Cannibal Holocaust, I mean, which was supposed to be a documentary, supposedly the way they, but it's just you have that look of those movies in that time, and it made it far more unsettling than anything could be now. Yeah, it, well, because it's not produced. You know, you can't just put a filter over something and call it yeah, something and say, "Oh, this know? is a throwback." It's yeah. like they love to, to take. It's just you can't, especially when you're going into that time period because there was so much more. Not even you know getting into, you know, when the hills have eyes like that. That was uh, a statement on society. Like there's, it's going beyond just that. It was just there was heart and there was soul into it, and it was. I don't have the money, but I want to make something. Right. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And like, there's that when that mindset's not there, like that's when you see some of these great directors that have done these early films and they get budgets and they're pieces of shit. Right. <laughs> because it's just, it's so different. Cause like they almost can't handle a large budget. Like they need to be restrained. Right. Well, Hey, look, I mean, look at just recently the, the guy who did Chronicle does the fantastic four remake. Yeah. Yeah. And it bombs miserably, and everybody says it looked like shit. You know, he acted like an asshole the whole time, according to oh, people really? behind the scenes. They said he was a complete asshole to everybody on set, including the actors. Like, like nobody wanted to deal with like him. Like, thinking highly of himself or something? Yeah. Oh, like, really? like and, and, you know, uh, th- trying to control everything, and he was real moody and weird, and they just said he was real tough to deal with to the point where, towards the end of the production, they just replaced him outright. Like, the oh, studio wow. tried to keep it quiet. But, like, they brought somebody else in to, like, finish up the production of it because they're, like, we're just done dealing with this guy. But, I mean, this is a guy who did one movie that that did pretty well for the the small budget that it was on. Yeah. And it's 
it's a decent movie, but it's not mind blowing or anything like mm-hmm. that. It wasn't some, you know, like great epic or anything yeah. like that. But it shows how, you know, like it can go to these people's heads so quick and stuff. But uh, you know, a a guy like uh a guy like Wes Craven, I think he's he's done a lot of great iconic stuff, but he stayed off the radar a lot. Like you yeah. didn't hear a ton from him. He's not one of these guys who was like I mean, I think maybe during the Scream era was probably when more people, you know, heard from him mm-hmm. and, and, and at least he was and, going direct. I mean, like Nightmare on Elm Street was, you know, yeah, more of a, a teen horror, yeah. but Scream was a full on teen horror movie. Right. And I think there was so much hype about that. Like, cause like, cause I, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe I'm saying that because obviously I grew up in mm-hmm. this era, you know, eighties, nineties, that sort of thing. And, you know, the scream scream was kind of the big, one of the big franchises of the nineties. And, uh, you know, with, with nightmare on Elm street, like very quickly, it became not Wes Craven's for a while, yeah. you know, like it just turned into like, you know, just pump out sequel after sequel until like oh, yeah. new, new it, nightmare. And then it became like a joke and it was right. Then it was kind of like self-effacing and, 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 uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, breaking that, that wall between the audience and, and the, mm-hmm. the filmmaker a little bit. And then scream kind of took that to a different level too, you know, in this interesting way, yeah. you know, where it kind of played with, genre conventions and things like that and you know kind of reinvented that idea for a new generation it wasn't the same kind of slasher movie that we had seen mm-hmm. before and stuff i mean it it really and it you know scream i think holds up pretty well i don't know how much the sequels do because i, I remember seeing uh I think three on TV a couple years ago, and I I, rem- I just remember having to turn it off that it was just that yeah, bad because I, I know they started to grab onto what was going on in pop culture at that time, right? To kind of make it relevant then, which which immediately makes it not relevant yeah. because then once by the time the movie comes out, whatever they were talking about is probably over. That's why like any any, thing. any movie where you're basing it on technology is you're doomed to fail. Right, because like if you're if you're gonna try basing it on technology, like current, I should say, basing on current technology, current, yeah, right, you're doomed to fail. Because typically, besides the fact that it takes you know sometimes two to three years for a movie to finally come out, and that technology is probably already outdated, right. And then on top of that, like it's it's not gonna hold up in a couple of years, and it's become something you laugh at. Like look at the '80s movies we go back and and laugh at, like. The, the computers they were using and the phones and everything when it wasn't done, you know, like, like war games, you can kind of forgive it. Like the movies, there are certain movies you can kind of forgive where things were like weird science. Like you can forgive how it looked, but other ones where they kind of relied on, there's, um, there's a horror movie. I don't know if you, there's a movie called death spa that it, it is totally worth seeing. Um, it sounds it just it, by the title. I know it's on Amazon streaming right now. Um, I don't. It's not free, even if you have Prime. I, but I think it's only like two or three bucks. It might even be on YouTube. I don't know. It's it's really like a, a no name title, but it takes place at an '80s fitness spa in all the '80s glory of neon and every everyone's wearing the ridiculous '80s spandex outfits and yeah. and uh, but they have this like top-of-the-line modern computer system that's supposed to check everything and everything's computer and it's like so bad like it just looks <laughs> like so ridiculous but like that was how they were trying to push it. i mean like the movie had probably a hundred dollars to make it so i mean you they it probably looked as ridiculous at the time it came out too <laughs> but no that's like a it, it's definitely worth seeing but the computer strikes back basically is what it is okay and, 
it's hilarious though. There's just so many. the The best scene in it there is a uh, that lateral press machine, the lat press machine, where you sit there and you know squeeze your elbows towards one another as you're put. And uh, well, that it starts somehow. That's like huge muscle bound guys on it, and it starts increasing the weight as he's pulling. And then somehow, I think they just were like, "All right, we need to work this into the movie." Um, it pulls back so far that his rib bursts out the side of it, <laughs> which it's not even physically possible the way this machine works. But they just, I think someone had the idea of like, oh, you know, we, we need to make this happen. Uh, how can we do this? Right. And that's what they threw in. It's like, I would have rather something like Toxic Crusader when, uh, or Toxic Avenger when they, when he throws his heads under the weight, under the weight plates and just crushes his skull. Like right. that would have been even better to have. Like that makes sense. This made no sense whatsoever. But no, like whenever you get in, like I guess supposedly though, did you see Unfriended? Because I, I I have not. Because I've actually heard from a couple places that it's not that bad. Because when I first saw it, my first thought was that's not for me. Yeah, like I just yeah, felt I'm, like I'm with I, you. I, I'm too old. I'm not gonna. This isn't my thing. But a lot of people have said it's, it actually is done in a way that it makes sense and it uses a technology in a way that it's not ridiculous. That they're not just trying to work it in to make it work. Okay. That it actually kind of makes sense. But I guess hmm. supposedly the only things are like the the kills in it are a little ridiculous because they have all these setups and it's just kind of like a bad 80s like cutaway type kill. Okay. Like they don't show anything, but they make this whole build up and then there's no payoff. Uh, but otherwise, it's yeah. supposed to be pretty good. But that might have been a studio thing too. They might have just because they're obviously going for a teenage. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was rated R or PG thirteen. Now I'm thinking about it. If it was PG thirteen, then that totally makes sense. Mm. But I don't. I don't know. But see, I think with like like with technology based stuff, if you're doing like, especially like you know science fiction is usually the air, the the yeah. uh, genre that you you talk about that stuff in. Uh, you got to set it so far in the future, like 2015. Yeah. So then, <laughs> <laughs> worked it, back to the. Future. So then, by the time like because then those movies like because then there are movies that do take place yeah. in like you know eras that we've obviously lived through and like we've you know we're we're not at the point of flying cars and things like that but you've said it far enough that by the time you get there it's already a classic anyway so people can forgive that kind of thing yeah. you know so like if you 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 put it in you know 2000 you know 100 or something like that okay so it's got a while to build when up did, when did like uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you're gonna know this off the top of your head but jason x what year was that supposed to take place I, I want to say that I I read something that that it was recent, like it was within the last like few years or like coming up very soon. Like I want to say that it it really isn't that much oh, really? in the that's future. Okay. I didn't think because that kid that only came out like maybe ten years ago, right? Yeah, that's About true. That? I don't know. I honestly, it's been I, I probably haven't seen that since it was out in the theaters. Oh, you saw that in the theater? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I saw Freddy versus Jason in the theater, but I did not see Jason X. Yeah, it was a goofy one. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was the most ridiculous. And it, the thing that was fun about it was that it was just kind of known, and they didn't have any like thought that oh this is gonna win everybody back. Like they knew like all right, this is ridiculous. Oh okay. Yeah, we, please look this up. You were way off. <laughs> I, oh okay. I thought I thought it was more recent. It was. It's supposed to take place in twenty four fifty five. Twenty four. Twenty four fifty five. So by the time that happens, that film will probably not even exist in the world anymore because all the prints will have just disintegrated. I, I get that it's Jason X and like science is out the window and everything, but how is he not dust by that point? Like it's I, 
you're, you're putting it how many hundred years in the future? I, I don't even know what they can do. Like, they're still, I know they're going to probably, I haven't seen, but I'm sure they're going to try rebooting it again. Oh, no, no, they are. What am I saying? They're, they are, they um, were initially going to release it as uh, found footage. They were going to oh, do. Oh, I, I remember reading that. And the, and then the they, backlash the came backlash. so fast. And everybody was like, whoop. And they just backed off. And that was it. Yeah. And I had, I had heard that circulating because there was a handful of like horror directors that got called in that were kind of known, like up and coming horror directors that were called in. They said, would you be interested in doing that? And I was like, oh, of course I would. And then they came in and immediately the studio said, okay, what well, we're going to do this is a found footage. Nobody wanted to touch it. As soon as that was said. And they went back off it. So they just kept losing directors left and right. And then I guess they finally got some poor guy who was like, oh, I'll do it. And then they announced they were doing it. Like after all these directors already kind of came out, like because they weren't supposed to, but they basically kind of came out and alluded without saying that in a way they didn't get sued. They just yeah. kind of alluded to being asked to do a popular franchise that's going to be now found footage. Mm-hmm. And everybody immediately knew what was going on. And then as soon as they finally announced that the backlash was already building and ready, mm-hmm. and then it just crushed it. And now I've, I don't know what they're going to do. Because I can't even... Why would you think that would work? It doesn't even make... The found footage films are hard enough to make that it makes sense. Because at some point, every no matter what, you have to look at it and go, why are you still holding the fucking camera? Like that's, right. there's, there's just nothing... There's no way around that. I think the only one... um. I didn't. I haven't seen all of it. I started watching it, but Bobcat Goldwaite, the um, oh, the Bigfoot one. He just it just came out now. This is gonna bother me. I have to look this one up too. But he uh, he justified it right away by saying it, it's basically a uh, guy going out to hunt for Bigfoot, and he wants to capture it on camera. So that's why he has the camera on him at all time. Willow Creek. That's it. I can't couldn't remember that one. Um. But that he he right there. So now you understand he's holding the camera all the time because he's trying to capture Bigfoot on camera. So when weird stuff starts happening, there's a reason he's not dropping the camera and running because he that's what he's going for. Right. He wants to capture that yeah. stuff. So whereas most of the other times it's just like, hey, we have this camera. We're gonna go and have fun and party, blah blah blah. And then yeah. people start getting picked off, and they're still like, oh my god, Jessica, and they're like holding the camera. Like, who the fuck would do that? <laughs> like, right. I'm watching someone getting killed, the last thing I'm worried about is like, oh, hold on, <laughs> let me get this. Like, no, I'm getting the fuck out of there. <laughs> and like, that's that's what ruins the bulk of them is they don't try to, they don't bother to explain it. They don't bother to, because I still remember the first time I saw Blair Witch, the whole time I kept thinking, who edited this? Right. Like when I was still under the guise of like, oh, this is really a found. It's supposed to be a real. And I'm like, who edited this? Like, why is this? this?" And that kind of took me out of the movie because I was was thinking the whole time. And then everything finally let the whole tent collapse. And it was like, here you go. It's not real. But that that's all I kept thinking too. And it's like, they don't ever explain that stuff. They just kind of take everybody and think they're an idiot. So when they were doing Friday the 13th, I'm like, beyond the fact that that subgenre of horror is pretty much dead. You right. you're not going to bring back found footage. There's there's no way to explain it anymore. Mm-hmm. There's just not there's no stories left to be told. The last one that was good was um the last no, Emily oh, I even have Deborah Morgan. No, no, fuck this. <laughs> there's so many <laughs> I know. I'm like I have, it's not Deborah Morgan. It's Dexter. I was going to say that's Dexter. Um yeah. There's so many of these like I, I, one is one of those exorcism movies. 
because there, there, there was like a bunch of those in a row, and each one of them had a person's name in it. So it's like there was like Emily Rose. Yeah, that, that's what, it, it was one of there those, was but like, it was actually it was actually good. I just can't remember um, what the name of it was, and it's gonna bother me because it's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I'll find it. The Taking of Deborah Logan. Ah, that's why I thought Morgan. See, I wasn't that far off. The okay. Taking of Deborah Morgan. De- Deborah Logan. I'm gonna fuck it up again. Um, it was actually interesting because they they shot that. It was a college student. Um, she was basically falling under Alzheimer's. Like her mind was going, and all these things were happening. So they were going to to document her as she was going through everything. And she's possessed, though. Like that's what was really going on. Okay. And it was actually done really well, and it was low budget. It wasn't like any kind of big hoopla movie or anything. But mm-hmm. it was actually that was the last one I saw them. Like, okay, this actually one. It makes sense. You're a documentarian. And they didn't know that's what was going on. So they're documenting everything because they okay. wanted to to see. So they, they just kind of assumed that was part of this. Then stuff starts getting really weird. And then it kind of gets where you're like, eh, I wouldn't still have the camera. But it's still like a really good one. But everything else, I, I have not seen anything that's been innovative. Minus, there was like paranormal activity, the first one. And then like there were some cool things. The first three were okay. Like the th- the third one, I actually liked the third one because that actually, if they ended it at that and they didn't do any more, I think that would have been remember, like remembered as being like a really good series, right? Because they they had like a story arc that they kind of intertwined everything that it made sense going to the third one and ending with the third one and having the third one end the way it did. But then when they took that and went to a fourth one, which had no sense at all with anything <laughs> going on. It just kind of bombed everything else. And then supposedly the last one wasn't that bad, but I didn't even get a chance to see that one yet. The I forget what it's called. But they didn't call it paranormal. But did you know there's another one in Japan? There's a paranormal activity that came out in Japan. And it didn't come out here? No. And hmm. it's like a but it's it, I don't know what they call it. I, think, I don't know if it was in the numbers, but I don't know if it was like a paranormal activity. What but there was one that came out in Japan mm-hmm. that was to them part of it, which is always okay. a, it's always a fun thing because like and also over in Europe, I don't know if you ever saw there's, I think in Europe there's like eight Evil Dead movies, something like that. What? Because they started because what they do a lot of these movies will come out in in Europe like just like we saw with with Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, because that that came out right, and then there's like ones that that are like se- sequels over there, but they have nothing. Yeah, they're, they're just retitled basically. They 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 call because their Dawn of the Dead came out in Europe as zombie. Right. So when Fulci's zombie came out over there, it was zombie two because they were trying to capitalize on the popularity of that. But it also gets convoluted coming back here because then there's that's why if you go and look up some movies, they have like ten different titles from Europe. Yeah, because some some of the people that are the distributors, they're just trying to cash in on other ones. So there are some movies that are released as like Evil Dead Four, mm-hmm. and like just all, and they were there's nothing to do. They're just like bad garbage horror movies, right? And that was the only way they were able to make some money on it was mm-hmm. throwing that in. And there was um, there was a movie I mentioned on here before that Cruel Jaws, that was yeah. re- that was released as Jaws Five. <laughs> in some places because like they were just they were trying to make some money 
and it was a fucking terrible movie. And the the, the laws are different over there. Yeah. You know, it's not like here because if I tried to put out Jaws five, I'd get my ass sued oh, God, seconds. Yeah. Like I'd I'd be bankrupt and I'd be on the street. Be like minority apart as soon as the thought comes in, you're done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the thought police show up and beat down my door and smash through my windows and my skylight that I suddenly have for no good reason, just so just because it looks cool. Because you're Tom Cruise, that's why you would have. <laughs> So I mean, you know, like, yeah, it's you, you can't get away with that there, uh, here, but you can get away with it there easily, yeah. you know, because uh, I mean, there's and there's so many, you know, there's such a big bootleg market oh, over God, there too, yeah. you know, like it's it's outrageous over there. Like here, I think it's it's just gone into digital piracy to the point where like I think the guys in New York selling bootlegs on the street are out of a job at this point. <laughs> you don't really see those guys anymore. <laughs> hey guys, you want you want to buy a jump drive link? There's a link on the jump drive. <laughs> I think that's what they're trying to do now. They're trying to find some way. I, I would I would think most of those guys have moved on to like uh being the costume guys in Times Square, <laughs> you know, because it seems like there's there there's there's more and more of those every freaking week you go there, you know. There's there's twenty more of those guys in like superhero costumes, like very poorly made. Oh god, yeah, that's, that 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 actually makes it better though. I feel like if they did look good, <laughs> it would actually take away. It would. It, like, would it, lo- it looks. It. I, I don't know if it was a Cookie Monster or an Elmo. Um, but the photos started going around the internet because the guy was an asshole that was inside it too and was like <coughs> cussing at kids and stuff like that. <laughs> and um, yeah, there there was like, it, but his costume, was it, it looked like, it, I, I want to say it was Elmo, but I mean, it looked basically like Elmo had uh, a stroke at some point because his, oh, yeah, his like eyes are coming his, up. His eye is like hanging down. And it, it suits all messed up and tattered, and like there's this there's this really bad show. It's great and it's bad at the same time. Called Jail. Have you seen this? It's by the makers of Cops, so it's the same type of style, but it's like what happens after they get arrested. Is this the one? Does it take place in Las Vegas? Is that they the do one? a Las Vegas one? Okay, I've seen They've, that. They, they do two yeah. different ones. They have a regular jail. It's just like jails across the country. And they cut between the different ones. I'd probably rather see that because the Las Vegas one kind of gets repetitive. Over <laughs> the, the Vegas <laughs> one does get repetitive. That's what I was getting to. Is the first jail is actually pretty good and it's entertaining because sometimes it's like a lot of times it's just usually drunk people acting stupid. Yeah. So you get the enjoyment out of that the same way you get enjoyment out of cops. You know, like people doing dumb or, uh, shit. And getting what was, what was the college one? That's another one I like watching the the, the college cops. Right. I forget what that one's called, but that that's another one I, I love watching because it's just drunk kids all the time. Right. But you just love seeing them be like, oh, well. And they're just completely stupid. Yeah, and they're seeing the dumbest things trying to justify. It's like, no, you're fucking idiot. Right. Like, the the jail one's kind of interesting because, like, you get a little bit more of the process of, like, what they go through after that. And because, I mean, everybody knows about getting arrested, how that works. Yeah. You know, you read your rights, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like, how long do you get people put in there? Some of the jails are interesting because, like, they're talking about, you know, how like they they get a lot of uh, mentally disabled people because some areas just don't have a mental hospital period so they're just getting people on the street right so they have to pick these people up and they aren't really trained to deal with that kind of thing so they're you know like putting this guy in a cell but they don't want to because they know this guy needs help but they can't do anything about it and you see some just some, some crazy crazy stuff on there but uh the reason i bring up the the jail is uh there was a guy in a costume in, in on the Vegas one who who dresses as Batman and he's very poor like a very poor Batman knockoff and he can't have the insignia 
otherwise he'll get <laughs> sued. <laughs> so he's Batman without the fucking bat on his chest, which is just even funnier. So he he gets arrested because he fought with Chewbacca. <laughs> and so the guy's going on about how Chewbacca is a big dick and how oh you know he he's 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 got clumps of fur coming off of him his costume sucks you know mine's authentic and mine's this and that and he doesn't give a shit and whatever he's just trying to he's just trying to get you know money out of these kids it's like what so what are you doing you know like <laughs> i'm pretty sure you're trying to get money out of kids and parents like but he says you know oh he's he's harassing them and stuff like that and whatever so he gets into a fight with Chewbacca and gets arrested for it so but the way he talks about it like this dude, like, you could tell he's got problems because mm-hmm. he is just going on and on about, like, justice. Like, he's seriously, like, he thinks he's Batman, like, oh, like that he's actually on the street fighting for justice while getting, you know, his picture taken with little kids. Like, he really thinks he's some kind of hero because he stood up to Chewbacca in the street. <laughs> like, it's so funny, like, how just, just out of touch this guy is. And they're just kind of humoring him and going along with him and stuff. I got to give these guys credit. Like, these cops deal with so much. Oh, God. And to, like, yeah. listen to these people's stories and not like, just laugh in their face a lot of times. I mean, hysterical. But, yeah, this guy just going on and on. So whenever I think about these costume performers, I got to think of the Vegas Batman guy. Just because he's just, it, it was so funny. How he was just so obsessed with justice, like he really thought he was like some kind of crusader. There, there's so many. It's funny because like each area and every area has their own. Because I remember uh, I used to go down to Austin, Texas, a lot, and there was a there was a guy, and I, I don't know if he's still there. Um, I haven't been down there a couple of years, but there was a guy that used to hang out downtown, like around like all the bars, and he was known. He was, his uh, name was Leslie. He, uh, I don't, from what I was told, he's not homeless. Uh, you wouldn't think that to look at right um but very uh let's say disheveled looking man who wears you're very generous wears lingerie oh and that's all just wears the lingerie and uh i believe high heels and but he's not like he wasn't homosexual he wasn't trying to be a cross-dresser because he gets asked that all the time, and he, he just he'll, you can hear him just saying stuff to people. Because he's hanging out; it's a huge college area. You're right by all the bars. Right. The the guy has heard probably the most awful shit on the face of the earth hurled sure. at him on a minutely basis. Yeah. Um. So I walked by him numerous times, like, hearing these conversations. That's why I'm I'm saying what I know that's not what it is. Uh. He just loved hanging around down there and like there was a push from to become mayor of austin for a while there was a i believe somebody made a facebook page actually it might even still be up i don't even know um but yeah he was a big deal like, every area has like these these people like there's some out in la there's always these little pockets of, of people that just become known for i guess their craziness right just just you know their public display of of whatever there was, it was def- I mean, there's even, you know, local ones around here, you know, I mean, the, the one guy passed away a couple of years ago. I remember, um, his name was Frankie and he used to walk around all the time bumming cigarettes off people and he would walk up to cars like mid traffic, like we, bumming was he, cigarettes was he mostly downtown Scranton. You'd see him. I remember. And, um, he, um, I mean, he was he was a, a real nice dude. You know, you you tell obviously, you know, he didn't have all his faculties, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so I mean, you know, I was always nice to him and stuff. When I worked downtown for a little while, he would use he would come in our office sometimes because we just, you know, we're just located in downtown Scranton. You could just kind of open the door and walk in. So he would come in sometimes and just kind of, you know, go on about his day and you know, babble about something or another. Oh, sure, Frankie, whatever you say, you know. <laughs> 
And then he, he'd be on his way and stuff. And then you wouldn't hear from him for a while. And, uh, and then you'd see him again. He says, oh, I was in the hospital. And you, you don't know, was he really in the hospital or yeah. is he remembering another time he was in the hospital? Or, like, you, you don't know like, what happened to him or whatever. And then uh, a couple of years ago, he passed away, and I, I never really heard, like, you know, I mean, he was an older guy. So, I mean, obviously, he was chain smoking, you yeah. know, like, so I, I don't know if it was issues related to that or, or what. But, uh, but you know, he was, he, was, he was a guy everybody knew. Like, when, when yeah. his obituary was in the paper, like, people were talking about it for weeks, you know. That, oh, can you hear about Frankie? There used to be a guy when I worked at Wyoming Valley Mall, um, he he was he was younger. His name was Richie, and Richie used to come in the mall all the time. And I, I loved Richie. He used to come in, and uh, he, his big thing was he always walk around. If anybody remembers him, like he'd walk around going, "What the? What are you, you're a whacker! You're a whacker!" Like that's what he would say, and he'd do the hand <laughs> gestures, and and uh, he, and he would be fun. Like he would just bust balls with them so bad, and he would be like, th- like I don't know what he suffered from, but I mean he was he was personable, um, but he was just like. Such a like he would just his I think his mother would drop him off at the mall and he would just walk around the mall all day like mm. and he he passed away when I was living in Boston so I didn't get to go down to the funeral but I remember I and this is what I'll always remember with him was like he would come in all the time and just start talking to me and I had a show coming up at home base and he's like oh I'll be there I'll be there and I'm like oh all right Richie I'm setting up and then uh, did you ever go to home base I don't know if you remember oh yeah okay yeah. do you remember how like the the door was the the back corner. And it was the the two swing doors. That, sure, uh, I just I'm up on setting up well stage, which I'm two inches off yeah, the you're, ground. You're being generous there. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm setting stuff up, and I the doors just kick open, and I just hear you're all whackers. <laughs> and it's Richie wearing a ride the lightning Metallica shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, this is like the best night of my life. <laughs> like it was just like that. But he was he was another one everybody knew like that. Him like Wyoming Valley Mall had him. And what they used to call the mall walker. That was the other one everybody knew. Mm. I don't know if you remember that guy with the keys walking around. No. Oh, if if you were down there, he was. Everyone knew that guy. That was a the 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 Wyoming Valley Mall was like a, a once in a while trip uh, with my family because like we you know we would usually you know stay in the Scranton area but oh, like okay. Wilkes Barre was like ooh we're going to Wilkes Barre <laughs> exotic you know? yeah wow you know so that's kind of the we opposite didn't drive mine, you know mine was like we went to Wilkes Barre more than even being up here because my mother grew up down there so I just kind of I and like all my friends like in high school like that's I was down in Wilkes Barre. Probably from the age of sixteen to like mid twenties was Wilkes Bear was where I would would hang out all the time with everybody okay. and go and do stuff. So I was kind of got I got more used to that. And that's where I used to work when I worked down there at Pacific Sunwear. Oh, the good old you know I was I had classy jobs. I had that Blockbuster Video. Mm-hmm. Worked at Ponderosa for a few weeks. Oh, I remember Ponderosa. Oh, yeah, I do. The one by the Kmart or uh, yeah, the, the one, one in Dixon. The okay. one the one that's now a is it a hobby? It was a Christian bookstore. I think it's a hobby shop now or something. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I worked that one for not very long, and uh, it was fucking awful. And I never ate there ever again after that. And I used to tell everybody, don't fucking eat there. <laughs> Whatever you do, eat anywhere else. Don't ever eat there. Oh, my God. I think most of those places I would just say, like, don't eat at that, that kind of stuff because it's just it's it's just not it's not good <laughs> like i i didn't last there very long that was a high school job i mean that was yeah i mean that, those were the fun ones like those are the jobs that i miss like when you go back and you think it's like i literally just worked that job and, and like it was bullshit to me and like so it was fun 
even though if it wasn't a fun job, it was still fun. Right. Like, even when I worked at, um, you remember County Seat? It used to be at the the View or uh, View Mall. That's where that one was at. I don't know. If I it, it was that like one. a jean store or whatever. Okay. I, I worked there for a little bit when I was in high school, and like mm. that was the most fun job ever because it was like I didn't care about the clothes, I didn't wear any of them, and it was just a mall job, and the money was bullshit to me. It was just like here's money because you could just do what you want. Yeah, right? it was like I oh god, like why like that? Everybody always wants to go back to like their childhood. Like no, I want to be a teenager. And have that disposable income again, like right, just to know what that feels. Like, just remembering want. what that feels like, like that's right? more. It's like I don't know if I'll ever have that feeling again <laughs> in my life. Of like, oh, you mean this is money I could do whatever I want with? <laughs> like, right? It's uh, I don't know if those days are ever coming back. It's just that's what I miss. <laughs> I I have like I had the sinking feeling today. Um, did you see the uh, that they premiered a bunch of the Star Wars toys that are coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, the they have gear like an up, unboxing, yes, the, yeah, okay. an unboxing yeah. event, like <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Like they blew. They were this thing they were out. trying to go uber nerd niche on that announcement. Yeah, right. Because it was like they did this like live stream for like eighteen hours. It was like ridiculous. Oh, God, like, this like and this is like all over the world. And like each part of the world that they did it in, there was a different toy. Like that was going to be unboxed there, like unveiled there first. That seems before. a little. It was like, and it, a lot, like a lot of them were just like, oh, okay, cool, I guess. Like some of the and a beach towel with Chewbacca and Darth Vader. It, it was like, like, like one of them was like a Lego set, and I'm like, hey, I fucking love Legos. Like I grew up with Legos. Yeah. I still love Legos. Uh, you know, I get one every once in a while when they're not like fucking hundred dollars yeah. for a, a damn set you know just to get like the one mini fig that you want you know it's ridiculous but like that the, seems the, a little over it was like yeah it was like okay cool it's an x-wing yeah because it's like, like they they've they it's not like they've never had one before right they it's not have like like lego like and yeah, what can you change they're, they're still legos been, they're still the same shape yeah you, you can't it, that's not like a big announcement. It's just the, the, the different logo on the box. The actual like cool the 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 cool things that I took away from like because I didn't obviously watch the whole thing. Like I just I just woke up this morning and happened to see a bunch of stuff about what the toys were. So I'm like, oh, okay, you know, then I don't have to watch this fucking eighteen hour yeah. video, you know. And the one was um, they they had drones that are look like the Millennium Falcon and uh, the uh, the X Wing. So you could fly the drones around just like you can, like the 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 the, the cameras and stuff. Which I'm sure someone's going to figure out how to put a camera on the damn thing. Oh god! Yeah, I don't know a- why they didn't just build one in, but they just look cool as shit because you could fly a little Millennium Falcon around. You can like you know fly them pretty high and everything. They're 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 nice, and but they didn't have a price range on them. The other that's what my first thought was like how much right? Charge how much is it? And I couldn't find anything that said how much it was, but I did find uh, for 150 bucks you can get the the BB-8. Which I, I by the way it took it took me a bit but I got the pun finally because uh, it looks like a basketball uh-huh, BB you know, uh, like come on <laughs> the the droid uh, that you saw you saw in the previews for the Force Awakens that's a little ball and then he's got like a little floating head on him mm-hmm. and stuff and he just rolls a- around and it's really cool because like remote control thing or it, oh, okay. it's a remote control toy and uh, you control it with an app on your phone. 
and you can, you know, make him talk and do all the things and stuff too. But the head stays on there, like through like you know magnetic stuff or whatever. So I mean, it looks legitimately like a it's a it's a small like handheld version wow. of the actual droid because that was another big thing when the you saw the original preview. Most people assumed that it was CG, and it just looked it looked good, but it was CG. And then a couple months later, they did a Star, a Star Wars event, and uh, they they had the droid come out on stage in front of all these people, and they're like, "Holy fuck, it's real! They actually built this thing. They actually had special effects guys figure out the technology and how to make this thing actually work." So the droid you're seeing in the film, I'm sure parts of it are CG, yeah. but there are a lot of scenes in the film where that's legitimately a robot like driving around and stuff with remote control and everything. Really fucking cool. Because it's just a, this ball with the, the head floating on top of it. And so they have this thing uh, this, for 150 bucks. It's remote controlling and driving around and stuff. And it also does a projection of, like, you could do, like, a you know, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope, like, when R- oh, R2-D2 oh, projects really? it. But um, it's th- only 150. Th- but it's clever the way that they do it though is it shows up on your phone but not like it lights up on like in 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 real life but it doesn't look like it projects in real life like it doesn't actually project it on the wall uh, but it project but it looks like it on your phone when you're looking at it through your phone oh, screen. Oh, that, that app you have to yeah, view it. Through. Okay. It, like, it, it, so I I think it's a clever trick because. A bunch of people put out like unveiling videos today. Like Mashable mm-hmm. had one. Like a bunch of the geek sites all kind of got to play with the toy in advance and do a video. And from all the ones that I've seen, it looks like clever editing. Where okay, yeah, I could project you, you know, saying a message or something like that. But I don't think it's legitimately like you can project it in the air okay, like yeah. like R two D two could. But for 150 bucks, yeah, to be able to drive one lot, around. Yeah. And you just put on a little charger, and then it's good for a couple hours to like drive around and do whatever you want with and stuff. And the head stays on there, and it spins around. You can control the head and like make it look at you and stuff like that. But like back to the the the, the original point, I really want to drop 150 bucks and just buy <laughs> a stupid droid to drive around. But you can't do that when yeah. you're an adult, you know. Like I would love to just say, "All right, yeah, I can just blow that." Well, but, it's like even know? even the thought, like when we were younger, it was like, "Oh, I'll just go and get you know work this shitty job for three months to get the money I need, and then get the fuck out of there." Sure. And then go somewhere. Else. And it's like, mm, no, like that. That's just like that's that freedom. That's what it, it's just like. That's more of what I think people when they look back with nostalgia to their childhood, because it, it's like when I was a kid, I was too. I was too young to understand what the hell was going on. Like I could, even if I went back to that age, it's not like I'm going to go back and be like, Oh, I'm going to just soak all this in. Like, you don't know. Like we're, when you're a teenager and you get to that point of having that, I mean, it's a, it's a real sweet spot of like, maybe like 15 to possibly 19, somewhere around that. Cause then it's like right after high school is kind of when like the real world just, you know, kicks you right in the nuts. Right. But you know, that little sweet spot of like, maybe you get a little, maybe you get a gap year afterwards and you can kind of fuck around a little bit, but usually that, that's kind of it. But I mean, that little sweet spot of having that ability, then, you know, being able to, you know, your friends are driving and go somewhere and go and do stuff. It's like, that's, you're just not going to get that one back. No, no. Definitely and that's not. what I miss more than anything is just having that kind of thing. I mean, probably now though, if I want to have disposable income, it'd probably be spent on things that I, I probably shouldn't even probably want to you know spend more on alcohol or anything, anything else, and I wouldn't wind up getting all the fun stuff because then you do that and then your day's shot anyway. Dude, just buy a bunch of droids. 
Just have, have droid warfare. Yeah, harass people with them, <laughs> chase people down the street, chase your cat around with it. <laughs> oh, she would attack the thing in two seconds. She would go nuts <laughs> on that thing. Um, now the, the whole droid thing, though, not the droid, the uh, drone thing. Droid got stuck in my head. The whole drone thing is interesting. Just seeing where that's gonna go, yeah. because it's just now starting to really become an issue. Because did you see what in California the problems they were having? People were flying no. when they're trying to fight these fires. Mm-hmm. People were flying their fucking drones over the fire to get video of it, oh, but right. it was interfering with them being able to put the fire out because, like, the planes, like, they're they're having issues like flying when those things are flying. So they were having issues putting the fire out because you know Jack sitting in his bedroom wants to you know be able to see what's going on, and like that's something that it's starting to going to be. The problem they had that guy that shot the one down. I don't know if you saw that. that oh whole, yeah, that yeah, was just I like the funniest. Which is like I, he's totally in the right. I can't see how. I, I think the guy's suing him. But it's like Get out of here. how can how can you? I think the 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 firemen should like automatically just be able to put the hose yeah, right on it. I don't just knock get, it right like, out of the sky why, and be done with it. Like when I heard that, I'm like, I would, why would there be hesitation? Yeah, that. it would just be like, no, fuck it, and just take it out. But I think it's 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 still in that gray area where no one knows the rights of any of these people. The, the law is always behind technology. Mm-hmm. So it, with stuff like that, it's going to be tough because now you're getting to, you know, where Amazon is uh, wanting to deliver packages with yeah. drones and things like I that. I love that big unveiling when they did that on the TV and then yeah. they just kind of, it was such a big, like in your face, bombastic thing. Like we're going to do this. And then, and then it was no. like, yeah, we're, we're probably not going to do it right now. Yeah, because it was like this big thing, like the big announcement from Amazon, and like they're going on the TV and says all of a sudden, well, we're probably about, you know, five to 10 years away. <laughs> I was like, why, why did you even bring, we know there's drones. You just had to announce that you thought that before like right like who hasn't had yeah. that idea like, oh, what could these things do? But like, Amazon's like, because they are doing, uh, they announced last week. Or the week before, I remember where it was, but they announced that now in Seattle, you can actually order beer online and have it within an hour delivered to your house through Amazon. Jesus, yeah, like they're they're getting it because it's they, dangerous. They also have because they have that. I think Australia has that. I think that's where it is. They have uh, Amazon Prime now. Like there's a handful of places throughout the world that have Amazon Prime now where they deliver within an hour. It may be two hours in some area, but I mean, they'll they'll deliver it immediately to your house. So it's like you can go on it, which it's like, thank God I didn't have that then. You'd be broke. Oh, God, yeah. Because I mean, the, the amount of times like I would come home, like whether drunk or just like, oh, I don't know, let's just see if, if they have this. Then I'll start looking and be like, I'm going to order this. And then stuff shows up. And you're like, what? why the fuck did this Oh, come? no. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then, like, like, oh, okay. And like that, that oh, God. That, that and when I first discovered eBay, eBay oh my God, fucking yeah. ruined me. I remember me for, that. Because when I first found when that, that came thing, out? oh my God, I was like looking up everything. I I have, I still have it somewhere. I don't even know what box it's in because I haven't probably pulled it out. I went on this huge Beavis and Butthead kick. And this is probably like 2001, maybe, maybe 2000. So it wasn't long after it ended. I just went on this like huge kick of like, I'm going to get all this Beavis and Butthead stuff. And I, I got like comic books. I have uh, their VHS tapes. I still have them. I know that. Um, but I have like all this. I have a tie. I still have a Beavis and Butthead tie. <laughs> but and wh- where are you gonna wear that? I think I did wear it once when I was teaching. 
Um, <laughs> I don't even remember if I, I, but it's like, there's this, I just bought everything you could buy. And and I'm like, why did I, oh, I bought the dolls. I have, I have the two huge plush dolls of them. Like, I don't even know why. I, I really don't even know why. Like, it wasn't like I was like this huge Beavis and Butthead fanatic when it was on. Like, I liked it. Sure. But I just, for some reason, went down that rabbit hole and then was just constantly buying shit on eBay. And then I got ripped off once, and that was when I stopped because I, I bought uh, drum cymbals, and uh, it was like $300 or something, and totally ripped me off. Never got a dime. Oh, man. And then uh, and this was like before eBay really had their shit figured out with refunding and all this and i just kind of ate that Mm -hmm. because it was like i remember i had to fill out this form and like have all the the stuff in this form and mail it to them which is funny it's like you're an internet company (laughs) (laughs) but that's what i had to do i had to like fill out a form and and physically send it to them and i probably didn't do something right and then i just i never got any of my money back Uh, this was like a while ago i mean it was disposable though so it's okay right (laughs) <laughs> that guy's probably died of a drug overdose or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just always, I always think of like, I wonder where that guy is. Like, I remember uh, an episode of American Dad. There was uh, the Steve and his friends bought this underwear from this underwear salesman, <laughs> and it was like this g-string underwear. And they go to camp, and they're like, "Oh my god, that guy's a genius! I wonder where he is now." And it flashed to him. Hanging out like he's, he's sitting in a train, the needle dangling from his arm. It goes over a bridge. His body shuffles and falls out the door into the water. <laughs> and I just always think of that when I think of somebody. Like I wonder where they are now. I just picture someone just sitting in a needle dangling, automatically just falling into a like a water. Uh, so all right, <laughs> try finish that. We just finished the the rare. But did you like the the rare barrel? Yeah, that was that was so interesting. Yeah. It was definitely very unique. I mean, if uh, sour beers are are they're not as common, you know, you don't see mm. them as much, uh, at least in you know mainstream places. Yeah. You know, like if you just go for your local six pack place, you're probably not going to find. Yeah, yeah. there's a handful of places. Stuff. This is like something you get at a good craft beer bottle shop because a lot of them are put into bomber bottles, like the 22 ounce. Yeah, that's typically what you see a lot of sour beers in. So and they they're a little more pricey. To, I mean. Just because of what goes in it, and typically they're they're barrel aged, and there's all these other things going on. That's how they get it in. Yeah. So it's a little pricier, and then you don't really see it on tap a lot because when you're running that at a bar, running through the taps, um, there's actually bacteria in this. That's how it gets the sour mm. flavor profile. And if that gets into another beer that you don't want that in, oh, it right. can ruin it. And it can ruin your tap lines. So usually you don't see a lot of bars running it because you have to basically change up the tap line after you're done. Hmm. It's not just a matter of cleaning it. Like it can get it out, but typically you're just going to junk, which isn't an expensive endeavor, but you just don't see a lot of bars running on tap because it's also a little expensive to buy. And it's still something that the average person that isn't into this, the idea, even when they hear sour beer, yeah, it's just kind of off-putting to them, but it's like, no, if you like wine, they're perfect for you. Like they're absolutely perfect, and it's a perfect way to get into all this stuff. But it's just the idea, I think, up front, and then people that don't like sour, it's just really off-putting. But there's so many varieties of it now. Rare Barrel is just a brewery that they put out all sours, and they really know what they're doing. And it's interesting because they actually have a tie-in to the beer we're drinking now because. Uh, the woman that handles the sour program at New Belgium actually was a big inspiration for them at Rare Barrel, 
and uh, she's like unbelievably knowledgeable. Um, mm. We had her on the radio show before, and she like knows like she's a master blender. Like that's what really what she speci- specializes in is blending. That's what a lot of these beers are too. It's not just taking a beer. Okay, here you go. But it's it's taking different barrels of different beers that have different flavors, blending that together, and putting that out. Mm. So it's like you really have to have a specific palate to get what's going on because you want to know what flavors you want in this. Yeah. So we just opened a bottle of La Folie uh, from New Belgium, and they actually just came to our area, which is a big to-do because they've not been in Pennsylvania until this past week. Wow. And everybody's been trying to get them for a while because they're kind of a a legend brand in the brewery in the craft brewery industry because they just really they're in as of now i believe they're in 39 states but they just announced that they're going to be in hawaii so that'll be their 40th state that they're in Hmm. so they are a massive massive brewery um but they have like an extensive line but their sour program is like a really good one and lawfully is like a really sought after one it's aged in different barrels they they blend it together i don't know if she has i don't know if the brewery put on here what uh, let's see, Flanders Reddish, aged one to three years in French oak barrels. So that's what it's like—a blend of different things like that. And it's just like you get all these different woody notes in this that you didn't get in the other one. And this is also a darker Flanders Red, so it's a little bit more roasty. Yeah, like the you know the the uh, rare barrel you know had more of that that citrusy taste. Yeah. You know that like that pop sort of sort of to it. And this is more of uh, like. You know, it, it, you look at it and it, you think, oh, it looks like a stout. You know, yeah, like it's, it's it's dark. It's very dark, and but uh, it it's it definitely does not have that taste at all. No, when you hold this up to the light, like you can really, it'll it'll show like the the amber, the red coming through. Um, we don't have just so everybody knows because we're uh, on radio. I don't have a overhead light on. We just have a little room light, so that's why it looks a little darker. Yeah, I'm trying to make it sexy in here. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but no, it's just got like a nice little amber hue to it. But it's just a really you get like a lot of red fruits out of this it's not the rare barrel was a lot sharper in the tartness like this is a little more subdued i think a lot of the yes. comes from the, the barrel aging but there's just like a lot of really great flavors in this like it's just it's almost like subtle notes of like chocolate kind of almost in there a little bit yeah almost I, yeah, it's yeah, a little bit I'm of sweetness just getting that now actually like after a couple sips yeah you start to to taste something there's, you know, a there's like a little that. more sweetness coming through and everything but this is just like another really great like I, and like new belgium is another brewery. It, it's funny to see, like, and, and I, I think this is true in pretty much any industry. Is as something becomes more successful and larger, there's just more and more people there to shit upon it <laughs> and say how it sucks and it's not what it used to be and it's not this. And it's, it, it's just the nature of it. And it's like you kind of have to, as you become a bigger business in any environment, you kind of have to have that thick skin and just kind of get through it because. You know, Sam Adams is one that takes a lot of shots fired at them, and there's no fucking reason why. New Belgium is another reason, like another brewery that takes a lot of shots, and there's not really a reason. They still put out really good beers. They're still putting out new beers. They're they're innovating. Like that's just what happens is you get anything that has a tie somewhat. I feel like into geek type culture. That just happens because there's just always the they well, who what they call themselves the purist. Yeah, <laughs> there's always that one that feels the need to expound their greatness by shitting on other things. Yeah, and it's like well, it doesn't whatever. And the, but that just kind of comes along with all these things. And the the thing is, is like I I think 
people think that criticism means shitting on things, mm-hmm. and it's that's not that's not exactly no, it what it is. Thought. Like it's not anyone any asshole can sit down. Like I, I see this especially in beer and stuff. Anyone can sit down and shit on something. Yeah, it's so fucking easy. You could you could write if you were gonna write negative reviews on things, you could pound out twenty in an hour easily. Absolutely. You're going to write something good or something that actually is involving a thought that's a criticism but not a negative, you know, knocking down something, that's going to be a lot more involved. And even then, if you don't like something, that's fine. You're allowed to have that opinion and everything. But I I think too many people just craft it in such a way that it, it has to be, you know, angry and, you know, taking jabs and things like that. Where you know you can be a better critic, you can kind of rise mm-hmm. above that a little bit more and examine. Well, what you know, what what would have what would have uh, made it improve? You know, what what could they have done differently? It's, it's like in the movie. My favorite movie reviews is when someone put down, "It's not a perfect film," but like, well, what movie is fucking perfect? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what there there are none. But you, that's like a common thing you see. Yeah, that's a that's a really bad way to start yeah. off and describe something. It's just like you you kind of have to put a little thought if you're going to do this, put a little thought into it, and you know, if it's, it's something you don't like, that's totally fine, and there's not a problem with that. But you can find a way to discuss it intellectually. If I mean, like, if you're writing, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. So you should kind of put a little more thought into it instead of you know basically being on the level of an internet troll of just like saying stupid shit. And as as a writer, I get bored with that really quick. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you're a teenager, uh, you know, that you just you constantly can put that kind of stuff out. You know, like That's how you a, define yourself by what you don't like. Right. Like yeah, as a writer, you know, I I think when I first started, because uh, I started blogging, you know, pretty young, you know, like really before they, they called it blogging, it was more like the online Geo City site. Yeah, like that kind of <laughs> stuff, you know, live journal, that kind of shit. I didn't have a live journal, but in that era basically. Excuse me, sir, I had a blog on Angel Fire. Um <laughs> That I did. I actually did have an Angel Fire page. And it it was all kind of more of like angry ranty kind of stuff yeah. because that was what was you know be, uh, thriving in popularity and still is really but you outgrow that you should you do you that. i think as a as a writer you have to sooner or later realize like yeah i'm kind of i kind of saying the same stuff in the same way and there's more subtleties to this or you know like when you start examining deeper issues like a lot of the stuff that i was writing at the time was you know, political stuff and uh, stuff about organized religion and things like that. And I'm like, you know, there's there's more to these arguments than just like yes or no or right or wrong and that sort of thing. There's so many more subtleties to this. And if I'm really going to be effective, I have to examine this in a way that's going to reach the people that don't agree with me. Yeah. Like if if you're if you just want to reach the people that are angry like you and hate things like you, then fine, you're gonna you're gonna do that. But you're gonna burn out really quick, and you know people are gonna see right through that really quick. If you really want to expand your audience and reach new people, you have to realize that they're gonna read it, and they're just gonna be turned off in two or three sentences, and they're gonna write you off immediately, and they should. Yeah. So you need to come up with a way to reach people at, at that different level, and I think you know you can do that with anything. It doesn't just have to be you know those deeper topics. You can talk about you know movies and things like that in such a way 
that um, it doesn't just have to be you know direct jabs. And maybe some things do deserve it. Oh I mean, yeah, there are just some things that are just so god awful. They, they yeah, need sometimes that you punch need to do in the that. face. And it, it's you see that too with like you know a lot of like the punk or, or heavier music we grew up with. Like you see when you see someone that's you know in their late fifties still raging against the system. It's like, yeah. all right, buddy. Like <laughs> you kind of, like, you kind of start to like, you know, you should outgrow that at some point. It's like, yeah, it's great when you see a reunion and someone coming back and singing like the old classics, but not, yeah, yeah. not like someone's still at it. Like, no, I just still can't find a fucking job. These fucking ass. Like, well, no, now that's your fault. <laughs> like, right. It's not. It's no longer society's. <laughs> you're at fault for doing this to yourself. Like, just because I have a face tattoo with an upside down cross, Mary taking a shit on my head doesn't mean it's like no, but <laughs> you you did all that. Like you you can't because I get that when when we're younger we have that thought. It's like. You know, it's like the kids, like the eighteen-year-old straight edge. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's a really easy stance to make, buddy. Sure, really easy. And I was that kid. It's like, no, I don't drink. I don't. Well, yeah, there's a reason you, you don't. It's illegal, and uh, <laughs> you can't just walk into a bar. But then, as soon as you turn twenty-one, then let me know if you're still that eager straight edge kid that you know right. is clean living. Because it's like, well, now you can legally go and get whatever you want. So it's a total different thing. Like you just see that. And that's what happens. A lot of that is just, you should outgrow that need to expound your superiority by, you know, what is awful or what you decree is awful. Sure. And that, that's what winds up happening with a lot of it. It's like, no, that doesn't make you better just because you can say it's something is not good. Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't it like, talk about what you don't like. And then maybe you can find ground of like, well, that does have this that I like. Like that's what it should be. And I'm not saying you have to be like all super positive guy. Like that's it's nothing to do with that. It's just to just sit and blindly rant on about stuff like negative stuff is so easy to do and it involves zero thought. I mean, absolutely zero thought process. Right. Because it's like, and they've done studies too. Like our human brain in its innate state is geared to be negative like that's our human brain like that's our reset mind is to be basically a negative person all right so we if you're going to try to not be that you have to fight against that and if you're not willing to then that's what you have and it's kind of like you have to have that push if you're going to try to do something a little different you want to have a voice well then everyone obviously has that negative voice so if you want to be unique and different don't be that guy Right. And, you know, yeah, don't be super happy sunshine person because that's just as fucking annoying. But (laughs) you can find a middle ground like that's where it should be. I'm a huge uh, Bad Religion fan. Like, they're one Mm -hmm. of my favorite bands of all time, and they still are. And their music, it's interesting because, you know, they're in, you know, some of them are in their 50s now, you know, and they're still putting out great music. Um, You know, they put out an album every, like, maybe year and a half, two years, something like that. And it's it's still their old stuff holds up just as much as their new stuff. Like when they play a career spanning set, which is pretty much almost every set that they do, yeah. um, it, the the old songs that he wrote when he was a teenager or a twenty something hold up now all these years later because he was rising above that kind of stuff at the mm-hmm. time. You know, he was writing about those intellectual topics in an intellectual way. You know, the fact that he was using these like, you know, $2, $3 words 
in a punk song that was like you know two minutes three minutes long mm-hmm. you know where uh the 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 chorus repeats itself you know over and over again it's so interesting that he thought to do that at that time and uh and kept that going and it makes sense that uh the singer greg went on to you know be a, a college professor yeah. And uh, and yet he still goes on on tour, which mm-hmm. I think is so punk. I mean, the, it's like the, beyond punk. All, it's so awesome. All, all of those bands that like had that ability to tap into something like that, like the Descendants, like right. with, with Milo. I mean, like Milo went back to to you know stopped going. and went back, and he's a fucking bioengineer. <laughs> like he's a genius. Yeah. Like you have those those things of like going back, like like a Fugazi with the Ian McKay. Like what all those bands that decided to go the route of having angst about their situation, but realizing I'm not going to get out of it just by shitting on it. I'm going to get out of it by like telling people the angst in a, in a way that's making them think too. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, it, it grows the scene around you. Cause it's, it's just basically, it goes back to the whole, like, you know, whatever seeds you're planting, that's what you're growing. And, yeah. and if you're going to plant those like negative seeds all the time about this sucks and that sucks and this sucks, well then everything in your life fucking sucks and if you're gonna live and die by that then that's how it's gonna be but if you're gonna be like everything sucks i don't like it but i want to try to change it by doing whatever and putting that out then that's what winds up surrounding you and those types of people and like that's how scenes develop like you know the whole dc scene all those bands that like just gravitated around everything he was doing with like fugazi when that was going on so like you had all those like-minded people and now all of a sudden there's a movement well, you, you have to offer solutions. Yeah. You know, you can't just say, this is wrong. Well, yeah, everybody knows that's wrong. Like, mm-hmm. everyone knows, yeah, the government's corrupt, you know. Oh, what? No way. <laughs> you know, like, it, and it's funny because. It's like the college kid that starts his first day. He's like, did you, like, did come home with all these, like, quote, unquote, radical ideas? Right. <laughs> like, no, everyone's aware of that. No, yeah, uh, yeah please. <laughs> you're not, uh, trust me, these ideas have been around since the beginning of time. You know, like, you're not blowing my mind mind here kid you know but it's uh but it's so much harder to to say all right here's how we fix this yeah. and let's work towards fixing like it. what donald trump is doing right now <laughs> yes <laughs> he's he is posing all the solutions that we need i like to think that it's it's really just his hair like his hair is like oh. this little creature on top of his head and he's like whispering in his ear like i, I honestly, say this say that i want to see who i I don't even know how I feel about it because part of me is like so ashamed, like, oh my God, why? But I kind of also want to be like, who would he pick as his vice president? Like, <laughs> who would he pick to put? Because I, I just kind of want to see where that goes. But I mean, I can't see in any way, shape, or form him becoming president. Cause it's like right now. It, it, it seems like, well, that, that celebrity bullshit has kind of co-opted pretty much everything, yeah. whether it's movies, music, whatever. It's it's just kind of taken art and fucked it in the ass and produced... Uh, <coughs> Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> produced garbage that Kanye. <laughs> for some reason people out there just eat up with a fucking spoon. And it's not a surprise that the the highest office in the country would go the same route. Where you know, let's let's just have celebrities run. You know, like let's yeah. just, you know, ev- everyone's going to start announcing their candidacy now. So it's only a matter, of, you know, it's only a matter of time. The next few years, you're going to see every joke ass celebrity come out of the fucking woodwork, 
and say, oh, I'm fucking running for president, just so they can get involved. And it just, to me, it, it degrades the whole thing. Like, oh, yeah, it just it, it makes us look like shit. Well, what's sad is that right now we know that, all right, it's kind of a joke that he's running, that he is the front runner. Right. It's something to be ashamed of and, and kind of laugh at. Other countries, you see it all the time, the way America is represented in other countries. It's, it's you know, twisted to whatever way. So there are other countries that are like, oh, my God, this country loves – they think this guy's going to – they're going to do it. And, like, they, you know, hear his rhetoric and it's like, holy shit. Because it's – yeah, is the no bullshit approach great? Yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's still going to be bullshit. Right. It doesn't matter, like, whatever is being said. And it's like – and it's sad because that's when you see people that, that should or could be in there are never going to get in there. Well, you know, it's funny because we're – we're you hear so much about, you know, like, let's get the money out of politics. Let's get uh, all of the uh, the corruption out of politics and stuff. Like – isn't Trump totally fucking representative of that? Like, isn't he Mr. Big Business? Yeah. You know, like, why would you want to put someone like that in office to begin with? Like, who would even think that's a good idea? But there are, I think there, there are enough people that actually take that seriously that you have to call in a question, well, wow, our education system must suck if these people <laughs> actually think this is a good idea or whatever. Because... You know, I I look at it and I say, oh, okay, that's a publicity stunt. Other people are like, oh yeah, I'd vote for that guy. Like, really, legitimately, you would think that's a good idea? Like, it's it's unbelievable. Well, it's just sad because like you were never gonna have someone that that could have a, a, an outside opinion on on government in there. I mean, like look what, look what they did to Ralph Nader all those years ago. Right. I mean, they they just completely destroyed the man and like. And it, it was sad to me. Like, did you see that documentary that they did? Um, I think it was just called Nader. I don't remember if that's what it was. No, I don't think I saw it. Um, but it actually, it was documenting, it, it was his whole life, basically. It was his autobiography, like just everything that he did prior to really getting involved in politics and what they did to him. And um, then when he got in and ran, and it had he had a camera crew with him when he was showing up for the debates for with Gore and, and Bush. Like, he was showing up there mm-hmm. to debate. He's like, I am running... Yeah, I should be here. Yeah, and security wouldn't let him in, <laughs> and like, and like he has cameras like running with them. And he's like, "Why won't you let me in? I'm running for president. Well, you're not on the the list or whatever to get in." And he's like, I- "I'm running for president." Like, I, and like, right? And it just showed how and anybody, you know, by by rights, anyone should be able to run for president, but you you legitimately can't yeah. if you don't you have, have be- X amount of dollars. It just ain't happening. When you have to be part of the, the, those two parties, and it's like if you don't want to play ball with them, well, then what's the point? And it's like, well, then what's the point? Because no matter who gets in there, right? It, it's either this mindset or that mindset. And neither one of them, because that's what's so funny to me, is listening to people complain about Obama now and Obama this and Obama that. And it's like, okay, but you know, you put a Republican in, and in eight years it's going to be whatever that Republicans oh, name Bush, it. Bush, yeah. Bush. It's oh, like Bush. okay, and then all right, so let's put a Democrat in, and you start complaining about it because neither one of them have anything figured out, yep. and it, and it's like the, all they have is people to answer to, mm-hmm. and that's what ruins it. Like that's like when you see Hillary Clinton raising the exorbitant amount of money she has to run for president. That's not coming from you know 
the average American reaching deep in their pockets. Like, no, it's right. coming from large corporations that are doling it out in the max amounts from different, you know, shareholding companies that they've made up. She was just in Scranton recently and uh, it was like, what, a thousand bucks, I think, to get oh, in yeah, to see her or ticket, something. Yeah. Ticket was like a thousand. So obviously, like, you know, that's going to turn turn off the, the average base, which to me, like, that defeats the purpose of going to places like Scranton. Like, it's weird because Scranton is actually seen as like one of those big places you have to p- campaign as president, which is weird to live in a city mm-hmm. like that where, like, that's not, you know, New York or Chicago we're, we're, or we're, some big city, you know? We're a, the swing county in a swing state. Right, and that's what they've always we always have to stop here for so, us. Yeah, you have you have to come come here, and so they always campaign here. You know, president the presidents, mm-hmm. vice presidents always come here, and uh, so a, a move like that just seems silly. Like, why not just come here, say something on Courthouse Square for ten minutes, and get the hell out like they always do? Like, why would you do a thousand dollar fundraiser here? Because it's just going to make you look like a money grubbing ass. I don't think I, I I feel like so much of that they're everyone's just stuck in their own world. And that's like I you appreciate when you hear you know, a lot of people have been talking about Bernie Sanders anymore. But I appreciate hearing the guy talk. Because it's like you know, but then you have other people that are like, Oh, he's gonna make a socialist society and it's like, you know what? The people that are making those complaints are from the generation before us. Right. So you know what? I your your time is on its way out. So if that's you know what's going to happen which it wouldn't fucking happen it it's got to be something that starts to make the world better for the next generation like that should be the focus instead of just right. like I want to protect my money I want cuz that's all that it is is just like I don't like change mm-hmm. and that's the stuff that I I get so sick of with that small town mentality of just like you know there was never a light on this corner i don't want a light like well things happen you know <laughs> like things change and stuff happens and and you you know stamping your feet and whining about it doesn't make anything better like you should either get involved and if you really don't want that then get involved in another way uh, you know that's not being the you know dickhead standing on the side of the row with a protest sign because no one fucking listens to you. <laughs> just, just, no. just in case you're wondering, no one listens. But like, you need to kind of get involved in a way that it makes sense instead of just doing these things. That it's just stamping your feet because it's gonna change is gonna happen regardless. If you're standing there, it's either you get run over or you kind of jump on board. Right. And it's like you, that's just the way everything works, and you can't be that way anymore. Like, like our grandparents' society, like, like they're they're way that they looked at the world, how they grew up, is so outdated and gone. Right. And it's like, it's sad because, I mean, yeah, it's probably going to happen to us at some point. I mean, I, I would, because I'm like, no, are, is it going to be, I don't know, we're complaining about people and marrying robots. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's Because it's like, there's going to be something that comes along that we just can't, our minds can't handle. Like, no, <laughs> this, this isn't right. Because <laughs> it's just, it happens. But, it's just I wonder where things are going to go because that, that's where we're at now. Like you see that in, in the society before us, like that whole generation complaining about, you know, gay marriage and everything with transgender. And it's like, look, that's just the way the world is. And it's like if you're going to sit there and, and complain, it's like the the best way you could view everything in this world is just like everyone is a person and just like have some kind of compassion. And that's right. it. And every everything else that happens is irrelevant now it melts away like and and that's timeless it's completely timeless 
the the socialism thing in general is is just laughable because we don't really live in a democracy. Like people yeah. don't seem to understand that. Mm-hmm. Like by definition, what we have right now as a government is not really working as a democracy very well. And we're criticizing the way that other government well look, oh, socialist government, this and this happens. But they're also the first people to complain about how shitty our government is. So if our government is so shitty and the way everything is run is so shitty and our laws are so shitty, then why the hell are you so staunchly defending it? Don't you think that maybe it needs to change? Maybe we what? need to introduce new ideas? That that blows my mind. And then the the idea that, like, like for example, you have those older generations that are against the, the word, like the word, you know, socialism just sets people off. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but the reds are coming. Okay, well then, you know what? You can turn in your social security then, because by definition, that's kind of socialism, isn't it? We're helping you out. Shouldn't you be working till the day you die? You know, I mean, that's that's the democratic way, right? You know, it's, we shouldn't be helping you out. It's just so stupid to hear because to me, what people when someone's talking and they go, "Oh, that guy's a socialist," it's always because they are standing up and saying, "Look." Big business is running our country, not our government. Right. And we need to not have that. Oh, this socialist. Like, why is that not a good thing that, that someone doesn't want that? Because we've deluded people so much at this point that everyone thinks they can be the millionaire. Oh, well, I'm just one step away from being that millionaire, and then you're going to try to take away my millions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, you do realize that like 1% of people in this country— are the ones with all the money. Guess what? You're never going to yeah. be part of that one. If you aren't already, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and be a billionaire. It's just not going to work out yeah. for you, bud. Like the most of us are just going to be. But what about the lottery? <laughs> that's what, we th- and that's what we think. Like yeah. either one day we're going to hit it big, or you're going to, you know, your business is going to turn into some, you know, big conglomerate or whatever. And then even then, so you want to be an asshole. So your goal is to be a complete piece of shit. Is that what you're saying? Like, I can't wait to take advantage of people and buy yeah. everyone off and everything to be my way just because I say so and I have a lot of fucking money. Like, wow. Well, that's what it's, it's you know, people are complaining about, but it's like if they want them getting all this money, what would they do? Like they would basically do what would be considered socialist but in their own way, like this is my money, this is my thing. Right. Uh, it, it, it's it's just kind of they'd be only concerned with themselves, in the way that they're saying that they're against socialism. Right. Exactly. And it's like you, it, well, then your arguments just kind of diluted, and you're you're, you know, tripping over yourself. Yeah. And there, there's just nothing. There's no because the biggest thing, like my worry with everything, is like I want someone that's going to talk about all the shit from colleges, because that's. That's the thing that worries me is like that's going to fucking crush this country. Yeah. Because the debt that everyone's in, including myself, is going to crush the country. Mm-hmm. Worse than any fucking housing bubble because they're houses and someone's going to be able to get money back somewhere. Student loan, what are you going to do? Picking people's brains and become Repo, the musical, and going and drawing someone's <laughs> brain? What are you going to do? Right. It's like you can't do that. Like you, you have to figure out a way to make that work. And like, I appreciate someone that's actually taking the time to look at that in a way that it makes sense. Not that I'm on one, I'm not a voter of one thing, but it's just there. There's so much more to it, and like that's something that needs to be looked at because that's the other reason people are saying he's socialist because he wants to make college for everyone. 
it, and, he, and the thing is, he's literally the only candidate that's talking about this yeah. stuff. You mm-hmm. know, like like he pointed that out when the 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 most the the most favorited and shared tweet during the whole because that's big now. You know, with social oh, know. media and everything. Oh, fuck Twitter. You know, because because we we can boil everything down to what 140 characters. Um, he, the was was by Bernie during the Republican, uh, the Republican debate, the first debate. Mm-hmm. The 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 big tweet was just him pointing out the fact that like all the major issues that people actually give a shit about, like student debt, you know, like the the you know, uh, like college things like that, um, you know, like the income gap, things like you know the 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 major issues. None of those things were ever even mentioned. Oh, they yeah. weren't questioned. They weren't talked about. They weren't brought up by any of the candidates. Nothing. They're talking about stuff that's not relevant to who we are as a people and what we're struggling with on a daily basis. So, you know, even if you disagree with the guy on it, you got to at least give Bernie credit that he's bringing it up, that at least he's yeah. talking about it. Because, I mean, way too long have you seen these candidates that just uh, they reiterate the same stuff over and over and over again. It's like, I'm sick of talking about abortion. I'm sick of talking about, you know, uh, this is how we're going to fix this tax problem and that. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not going to you're not going to make some big change. You know, like, granted, yeah, we got we got some health care changes and things like that in, you know, the eight years of Obama. But I mean, they they didn't go the 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 way that he was talking about, and so maybe the same thing had happened. Maybe if Bernie gets in there tomorrow, it's not gonna. He, yeah, well, he's gonna it pan out. Yeah, but at least we're on our way. It's just know? getting like in it's, some it's talking about the stuff. Like that's what's more important is getting. Like to me, that's what I enjoy is just someone talking about stuff to get that part in the brain active like lighting up somehow because right. that, that's the problem is like when everyone's being dumbed down by bush and 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 trump and like you know the, the stuff that's going on in the republican committee and, 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 and clinton too you know like yeah. well it, i'm just, I'm just the about the republicans stuff. that's all you fucking see anymore like you oh, don't yeah. even hear anything about the democrats anymore it's just you just hear about like right. what jeb bush is saying about donald trump and donald trump's fan and it's like there is another whole party going on but it's like no one's really talking about that until but it's just that's just where it's going because that's it's I think the reason he's in the lead is because we're so entertained so easily. Like we like seeing the tap dancing bear and that that'll distract us more than someone having intellectual talk about like, well, OK, that's great that the, the bear's dancing and everything. This guy's got a gun to your head right over here. You should probably pay attention to this. Yeah. But it's like, no, no, look at him dancing. <laughs> like, and like, it's just like how we are. And it's just that's you need to have someone point that stuff out to be able to get you to look. It's not because people take it as and I think it's because of everything we've been through in the past, you know, 15, 16 years of, of existence in the world. Right. Of, you know, wanting to not look at, at all the darkness. Because it is like so overwhelming, and then you know there's no escape from it. You can't like you want to watch the news and be informed. Well, you're also going to hear you know about uh, finding a little boy drown and like show the body. Like I saw that fuck? today. Did you see that? Today? Yeah. Oh, I'm like that. Honestly, that image has been in my head all day. Yeah. I'm really disturbed by that. You know, like that's just like everywhere. I'm like, oh, what the hell? It's it just and there was no. You know, like the worst part is is there's a lot of times there's no warning for that. Like mm-hmm. like I open up my Facebook today just looking at, you know, normal stories and whatever and I see a video pop up and that's the that's the first image in the video 
And then it's like, you know, warning graphic images. Well, thanks after yeah. the fact. I've already seen the yeah. damn body. Yeah. You know, like, Jesus. And it's not that I want to turn away. It's not like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to ignore it and flip past it and keep going. Because some people will do that. They're mm-hmm. just going to go right past in their feed and find something distracting to look at. You know, find the fucking dancing bear. <laughs> but, you know, so I, I, I sat down and watched it and saw the other images and see what people were talking about. And... Uh, you know, th- these these immigrants that are drowning themselves, you know, trying to get away from oh, you know, their war-torn then you have countries. That, that, like, truck where there was 72, I think it was 72 people that were in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's every day, like, see people, I, I, that's why I can kind of, you can kind of forgive people, like, yeah, it bothers me, reality TV, well, quote-unquote reality TV, it bothers me seeing a lot of that stuff. Because to me, I look at it and like I feel dumber watching it. Right, I really do. But I can see how you might need that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you might need just pure sugar. Like just, just nothing redeeming. There is no nutrients in this whatsoever. <laughs> Here you go. Have at it. Because when you have that every day bombarding you, I mean, I'm not going to compare it to like how it was like during Vietnam. But I mean, it's it's that kind of thing on that level where we're seeing this violence on TV in a way that hasn't been that in our face since that time. Cause I mean, that right. was, that was the push during Vietnam was to let people know what's going on. And it kind of backed off in the eighties. Like you saw the pullback from that. People didn't want to see those kind of things. And then in the nineties, I don't know what the fuck we were in the nineties. <laughs> and then like then after nine 11, it kind of became, all right, the veil's gone this is the world we're in now and that's it. So now it's everywhere. Yeah. Like there's, there's just no, yeah. And there's like no escaping it. So you can kind of see how those kind of shows maybe did pick up because it is just sugar. It's just pop of of nothingness. My, my, my problem with reality shows though is, is um, it's that, but it's mixed with, with such a, a high level of negativity because it seems that the point of the shows is that let's sit here and judge these people and and get really mad at like the oh, way yeah. that they're living their lives like whatever they're doing like it's, look it's, how fucked up they it's are it's a way to say i'm better than them yes, like it's just a it way to is. sit there and say yeah and i think and I, and that breeds a really bad mentality because then people go around like that all day well, it you low, know? we know what it does though is it lowers the bar because it, if you look at that person and say well at least i'm not doing that so maybe I can go and do this because that's not worse than that. Right. So maybe I can go. And then then that bar gets lowered a little bit. And then it just kind of has that domino effect of like seeing the absolute dredges of society yeah. on TV doing the worst things possible. Now, all of a sudden, you know, maybe going and kicking that woman in the shins isn't so bad. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that's not really I never. Want to see someone go? I'm gonna go kick that woman in the shit. You fucking shin kicker. <laughs> you shin kicker. I've done. I've I've kicked a few shins in my lifetime. But I could see that. I could. I could see. That. You look like that kind of guy. I, you know, I don't think I've ever seen someone kick someone in the shin. No, but it'd be really. Yeah, no. It's kind of funny actually. I, like when you see a little it's kid in a cartoonish. movie. Yeah, it's like it's like something yeah. you see in a movie, but I've never seen in real life. Yeah, the little kid that wants yeah, something like kicks him in the shin. Yeah, I wanted to see that actually happen, but. Uh, but no, like that. That's what I. That's what bothers me with it. Is you know, on a personal level, yeah, I, I can't. I just can't stomach that stuff. But I just think that that's where it goes because it just devolves thing. And I'm not being dramatic about it. Like you know, 
one of these like right wing people. Like, we're all going to hell because it just yeah. it it on a mental, maybe even subconscious level, right? It, it just kind of slowly chips away at the brain. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the things that maybe seemed. I wouldn't do that. Now don't seem as bad. And then you have this other weird effect where you actually have the dredges of society that like think this is a cool, like this is a good person. <laughs> yeah. Like this is someone I should be looking up to, yeah. you know, like, like uh, there's, there's so, uh, sadly there's a million examples, but like the, like when they have uh, these, these shows with hillbillies, like that's a big thing. Like oh, let's yeah. put what was white that one trash. On, what was that one on MTV? I don't know what it was called. They had that one on MTV with like teenagers that were hicks. I don't know yeah. what it was. And it, it was basically like, I think they're trying to pitch it as like Jersey Shore down south. Right. <laughs> like what they were going yeah, I for. I think Jersey it. Shore was one of the starters of this yeah. trend mm-hmm. of like, let's put like complete assholes that like, and but then there's people, the, the, the weird after effect of that is like most people are going, oh, well, I, I you know, let me look down on that person and then I feel better about myself. Then there's this weird effect where there's these other people who are like, Oh, I actually look up to this person. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I want to be. They're just living their the life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. they think this is cool. Like this person's a good person. I should, I should be doing this because we reward this stupidity. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing. Is is guy like like the one guy on Jersey well, for, Shore for a limited time. Yes, we do, absolutely. and then we completely then, throw him the lion. Then we, th- yeah, then yeah. we, th- then we throw him away. Like you know, the one guy became a, a DJ for a while, and he was going to places and getting paid hundreds of thousands of you mean, dollars. Uh, you mean Skeeter from Doug? I, I don't remember what the guy's name is. I just remember he looked like Skeeter from, from <laughs> Doug. I can't remember what his name is. He was the one with the abs. That's all I remember. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, every time I saw him, it would just in the back of my head when you see a commercial, you're like. <laughs> Because that's all I could think. Is he looks like Skeeter from Doug. If I remember, if I can remember, you do not talk down about Skeeter. <laughs> he he was a god to me. <laughs> oh, what, I what are you Doug. racist against people with blue skin? Is that what you're trying you to say? You know, that's one thing. I'm going to go off on this Doug tangent. That was one thing that always I loved Doug. I mean, I could I could still watch that every day. But that was the one thing that bothered me on that show was. Everybody had weird skin color, but nobody acknowledged it, which is, I could see in a, you know, a cool unifying way, but sure. the guy was fucking blue. Like he was blue. <laughs> like, like, and, and Doug was very white. Yeah. Very white. And then he had the, the one kid that was orange with fucking green, like a carrot. Like uh, he had green hair. Yeah. Uh, or he was, he was green skin and orange hair. Uh, the, the, the bully. Oh, that was yeah. Roger, Roger was green with orange, and then they had then there was the football kid. That's who I was thinking. Oh, of, yes. who was orange okay. with green right. hair? Orange. Yeah, that's and right. I can't I can't think of his name right now. It came to me and it left, but like he was always playing football and stuff. So, and like, sure. but no one acknowledged these like weird. Th- there was no like they didn't even try to do like a a unifying show of like everyone just get together and ignore. It, it was like, no, like what the fuck is going on? Because <laughs> that was the one thing I always saw in the back of my head on that show. I guess maybe they were just being so super progressive that they were just like, no one has to acknowledge that they're different races because everyone's just living in harmony and we're all good, oh. you know? Like, but yeah, it's, it, it, I, were there, were there black people on the show? Cause I don't remember there being, I don't think like, like it was white or you were a bizarre color. <laughs> like there was no middle <laughs> ground there. There was no, there was no Indian people. So maybe people. they were super racist is what that's, that's possible. <laughs> that's, they're, they're like, anyone who's not white is an alien. <laughs> <laughs> That's see, you were going for the nice thing, but maybe everybody at Doug they were white maybe supremacists. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> um I actually saw a thing today. Nickelodeon made an announcement they're looking at rebranding, I think is how they put it. 
They, Some of their classic Nick shows, like Rugrats and, and Rocco's Modern does Life. Does that mean rebooting everything? I, yeah, uh, I think. And I'm like, I don't know how, because I didn't even watch the Ren and Stimpy reboot that Spike did. Oh, did you watch it? You know, I, I did catch some of it, and it was it was bad. That's it a, was I, I kind of got the, the vibe from that, that it was just like, it didn't... It, it was, you know, the weird thing about it was... Um, it, it worked against itself because what it what it does it, what it did was it tried to it pushed the boundaries. I know. Yeah, it, the... it's it's you know it was basically like oh well now we can be uncensored and do the things that we couldn't do on Nickelodeon, and they then they made it so yeah. obvious they like celebrated that it. it took the fun out of it. Yeah, you know, like there was just this like you know overwhelming uh sexual element to it and it was oh, like really? yeah it was weird like there were there were definitely like those scenes and it's not you know i'm completely comfortable with my own sexuality i'm comfortable with people being any sexuality that they want so it's not that that part of it weirded me out i just thought it just like took it too far in the same way that like sometimes subtle violence where you have to imagine it yeah. is is more is more effective well, it's more, than actually just showing like crazy gore. It's more it's the same fun kind of too. thing with sexual yeah. innuendo. It's more fun to like tiptoe and dance in and out of that. Yeah, and like play like, with what censors would say you can't do because yes. that makes you more innovative. Because like you're thinking like what can I get away with saying and doing? Right, and then you start to think more instead of just like oh I can do whatever the fuck I want now. And it's like well. That's not not always a good thing. No, because then you kind of go really overboard. Yeah, because because then it's just not funny. Then it's yeah. just like, oh, okay. Well, then it's obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, if they because they would play around with it, like are you know Ren and Stimpy kind of like. To, it's funnier you know, when like, you see the guy walking down the street and he has a long trench coat on, and you see him from the back opening his trench coat. Because you can imagine you anything's could, yeah. in there. But when he turns around and flips it on you, and all right. of a sudden it's like, well, it's not really that funny anymore. No, that's just kind of weird. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, I really feel like a lot of the things from the 90s, you can't, I, I just feel like the 90s were so time and place. Like the way society was, the way we all were, the way we viewed everything, it, it, it was so that time frame. And when you're seeing people trying to to reboot or, or you know remake any of those things, it just it almost can't work because right. it's gonna it doesn't make sense in this time now mm-hmm. because the '90s it was it was just a weird time of pop culture with where music was with where teenagers were we were at that early rebellious stage of you know Nirvana taking over and and then we're you know, recovering from the eighties, we started mm-hmm. to hate everything and be introspective, but the country was doing okay as far as financially. And, yeah. you know, and so it's like, it was a weird time that now doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that stuff, that's the way I, I think, especially in the nineties when you see that it just, it, it doesn't work. It uh, just can't work. I'm trying to bring it back. It's like, yeah, it's great. Nostalgia wise, but I'd rather just watch the old thing. Sure. I really would just rather, I would rather Nickelodeon say, we're going to put out a Nicktoon channel mm-hmm. with all our old cartoons on it. And I think there's, you know, like in certain cases that you can do a reboot if you do it well. And there's a there's a time and a place for it. And the the, the it has to be exactly right. Mm-hmm. Like I will give Nickelodeon a ton of credit because I will I will say I am a I'm a huge fan of what they're doing with uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know if you've seen that no, show. You, I haven't watched it. But you told me about it. I haven't got a chance to watch it. Yet. It it really is uh, my 
favorite cartoon incarnation of the turtles. I can I can effectively say that at this point because when when I grew up with the turtles, uh, I I did it a little bit backwards because even though I was a comic fan. Uh, I was introduced to comics through mainstream comics. Turtle Turtles was a, more of an underground comic, yeah. and then kind of blew up because of the cartoon. So I was introduced to the turtles through the cartoon, and the cartoon, looking back, hasn't aged w- as well as it should have. Um, the some like like the video games are still a lot of fun, mm-hmm. uh, like the arcade style oh, I games love and that stuff. Arcade game, oh they my were they there's still a lot of fun. Like I, I recently like uh, I started you know pulling out some emulators and some ROMs again and like playing some old games. Uh, I did one of those Wii hacks where you can hack your Wii to like play an emulator and 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 a ROM oh, and stuff. I could do that. I'll have to show you how to yeah. do it because because uh, I, I I wanted to do it for a while and I was afraid because there's the, a, the Turtles game for Nintendo was a oh he, god. Ex- well, you could you could break your system if you do it the wrong way. If you you could just totally fuck the the whole thing and like it 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 is what it what it, what it says it is. It turns it into a brick. Like you, your system's worthless if you do it the wrong way. But it's real easy to do it now. Like they've it, just in the last few years, like they've they've come up with easy ways for you to do it, and it's your system doesn't know otherwise, and you can basically just turn it turn your you know your Wii into uh, to this thing. And, and my Wii was just sitting there for years. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't played modern games in That's, a long yeah, time. It's been like. So you know, and and if you've bought the Wii U, then you've moved on, and your Wii's useless anyway. So you might as well just you know do this. So, uh, so I installed the emulators and the ROMs on there and started playing some some of the old games. And the Turtles games hold up really well because they're just so much fun to play. Except for that, the the NES game that they made exclusively for that that mm-hmm. was not one of the arcade style ones where yeah. you're walk, walking and beating them up. Like that game was fucking terrible. That game, I I remember play, I had that. I remember playing it so much and. I I don't even know how far I got, but there was just like one one area, and you like you just cannot get past it, and like you would just go through. But I remember the funniest thing though is when the on that when the turtles would die because they would like melt. Yeah, because yeah. they would slowly disappear, then the shell would be left, and then yeah, it just like slowly melt away for some reason. Instead of that, the old you dead you flash. couldn't be that turtle anymore. Yeah, then you were done. You had so to go then, to the other one, and it was so. Like, then you're like, wow, so you just killed the turtles. Yeah, like wow, you just murdered him. Like Leonardo's dead now because of you. Was, but it was the worst because you were like, oh, I have to, if, if I don't beat it with this guy, I'm done. So you'd go in with him, then you get killed, and it's like, well, now I know I'm fucked. So why am I even gonna bother with the other ones? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you go in and you get killed anyway. It's like, uh, oh. yeah, it was that was a terrible game. But like the arcade style ones where you're just side scrolling, oh, beating loved, up yeah. foot soldiers. I love that. Nintendo, those the, those were great. One of that. And I was I was playing some of them again recently, and just remembering how great they were. But like the the turtles cartoon, like you know some of the animation, uh, like a lot of like most cartoons during that era were done overseas, and then you know shipped back here, and then yeah. they do some of the uh, the voice editing, you know, the voice uh, overs at that point, and the the cartoon, it's it's fun. It has its moments and stuff, but like it definitely has some some. Well, it's got some the eighties to yeah, it. Yeah, it's got the eighties. Yeah, I mean, some of this it. stuff is just bizarre, and it's a little too like goofy and kiddish. And I mean, yeah, I get it. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, how you know it should mm-hmm. be goofy. But um, but then you had the comics that were much like darker and more uh, introspective and interesting the way that they did those, and the movie did that really like the first Turtles movie did that so well where it blended those two ideas mm-hmm. and it took some of the goofiness and the fun but also the darkness of the comics and just made the perfect film for that era and that moment. You're talking about Secret of the U's, right? Oh yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> 
No, I'm talking about the one where they go to Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time is that what it was called? No, that was the that was the that was the um, the video game, which was actually good. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, the third I one. What, I don't I know. Don't if, I think it was just Turtles Three. I don't know if it had it had to have had a sub. I'm sure it, it did have a subtitle because so, second one was Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, that was. I, I remember that. And I that now. one, that one was not great. You know, I mean, it wasn't the worst thing ever because then three came along and made the worst thing ever. But the, 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 the second one was pretty bad, especially cause you had like, you know, characters like Toka and Razor instead of, uh, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady, you know, like characters that we actually wanted to see. And, but I, I, I have to, the, the, I have to recommend if you are a turtles fan in any way, shape or form, uh, if you remember it fondly, Go in with an open mind and check out what Nickelodeon has done with the Turtles reboot because a lot of people forget that they've actually rebooted the cartoon several times at this point. So it's not sacred ground anymore. I mean, they tried to do a live action show where they, they, they actually had a female turtle. Do you remember that? Yeah, that fucking happened. I don't remember that. I think it was after the movies were over. Or right during, the, like, like right as that that was starting to, like, the popularity of that was starting to fade, they did a live action turtles because they did straight to video turtles, like, specials basically, where they had like assholes in really shitty turtle costumes that with giant teeth, like singing songs and stuff. You gotta find some of this stuff because it's on YouTube and shit, wow. and you can laugh your ass off. Um, because they did all kinds of stuff. They actually did a Turtles um, tour that was like where they sang songs and stuff. Like a, like a, uh, what, uh, oh, I can't think of that. Never mind. I can't, I'm trying to think of <laughs> you'll, a, a you'll spe- come to it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a specific word, but like, like, like a, never mind. <laughs> They actually, and I, I actually saw this as a kid because as a kid you don't know how stupid these things are. Yeah. You know, like you just think, oh, it's turtles. I have to go. I have, mm-hmm. I have to see this. You know, but like it's variety like a turtle. show. That's yes. the word I was looking for. God kind of, damn it. kind of. We're like, like they're they're guys in like really cheap ass turtle suits that you know try to mimic the movies but uh, don't. And they, uh, they're more like the turtles three suits than the turtles one suits. Oh, in turtles way. three, yeah, it was just. Three. There, oh, was, there was three. Any, yeah, there wasn't See, even I a subtitle. For some reason, it. I thought there was a subtitle to it. I don't know it. why they didn't. I don't. Why did two have a subtitle and not yeah, three? Yeah, it's like especially it's they're going back in time. You think you would explain they, that somewhere in the title? Like, you would. You would think. Yeah, instead of just like, oh, here you go. Yeah. For some reason, they're in well. I Japan. mean, obviously, if you see Turtles three, you know they didn't give a shit about anything. Uh, so there they, you they go. They gave a shit about their paychecks. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's yeah. about it. Exactly, cashing in on the name mm-hmm. while it still lasted. So then the tur- the turtles like had this lull for a while where like no one really gave a shit about that anymore, and then you know like anything people start to get nostalgic for something they want to see it mm-hmm. come back, and so they've they've done um, from what I remember at least two other cartoons before this new one where they've tried to reboot the turtles in different ways, and they did one a few years ago maybe like the early two thousands that was decent. But it, it, it kind of almost took itself too seriously, and um, they did it this special that was really interesting, where uh, they actually co- they actually team up with the turtles from other incarnations. So like you actually see the old original turtles from the cartoon, and the turtles from the comics actually all fighting together with these new turtles. Wow. 
against like a bigger threat and stuff. And it's fun, but at the same time, like they take a lot of jabs at the car- the old cartoon, like like how shitty it was in comparison to them. Like, oh, we're doing so much, such a better job that it almost like it almost defeated the purpose of the nostalgia. Like yeah. you're you're sh- you're you're gonna shit on how bad this was, but you wouldn't exist without this thing mm-hmm. being there. You know, like that kind of thing. But um, they they did this reboot, and I was really skeptical of it. I didn't think it was going to be any good, especially because uh, the style of it is that new CG style where it's not uh, hand drawn anymore. And so you're like, it's not I like don't they, know it's not like the Transformers looking one, is it? Because I saw that they brought the Transformers back, and they oh, did, and they did it all CG and so see, bad. When they but when they did a lot of those Transformers ones, it was as CG was starting to get good. Yeah, like now CG is a lot better than it was just a few years ago like the the for for that kind of animation like when you do a pixar film they've got years and years to work on that with some of the yeah. top animators in the world yeah. whereas like a tv show they have a limited budget limited time they're not going to spend that kind of money and stuff so you get what you get but like they've they did a really good job planning it out and there's a ton of references for hardcore fans so if you like the comics if you like the old shows there's so much in there for you. It's not even funny. Like it's just constant references. And there's a lot of uh, pop culture stuff in there. So guys like you and me can get like, they do an episode that's a takeoff on aliens. You know, they'll do a take, you know, and that's actually where a lot of the original cartoons got their ideas from. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the villains and things like that came from other pop culture entities, you know, like those guys were fans of those, those particular things. They like the fly, like you're telling me the fly wasn't Baxter Stockman. Like, come on. You look at Baxter Stockman, yeah. you know, oh, he's yeah. a giant fly. He's a scientist. He turns himself into a fly. It's obviously I, I a I reference had that to that action figure. I yeah. Think I, I did. Uh, who, who did, like, what boy didn't have yeah. at least some of those figures during that oh, era? God. I had the, I remember they made, uh, I don't know how big they were, maybe like two feet tall. They like a, they had huge turtles. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I had Leonardo of that. Okay. And I, I remember like I had a bunch of the different things and like I oh, I had all I had that stuff. so many of those. I, I I was really into action figures as a kid. I mean I still oh, God, love yeah. action figures, but it's, I I don't I feel like that that's something that died with like our generation because like kids. And I'm not gonna. That's who like, they sell it to now. Yeah, yeah. They're they're most action figures. They market towards the older generations because yeah. they're the ones who still care about that kind of thing. Like, like, I, to, I remember having like so many of those things. Like I don't even know what survived that I have. Yeah. So I know I know none of my GI Joes did because that's what you did with them. They were always right. in war, and you know mine always got cut in half. <laughs> I always <laughs> I, I I discovered the miracle of uh, there was like a rubber band in the middle that's what held oh, them together yes. yeah a lot and, of them and uh i would put their arms out their side like they're a helicopter and just twist it as far as it can go and let it go and just watch it spin back. <laughs> and then he just eventually snap in half and then all of a sudden now i had a war casualty and now we're good to go and that's how it all went and then i used to get them and i had a ton of wrestling a ton of wrestling figures. Yeah. That was like the thing I had a lot of, like all the old WWF ones that were big. Right. I don't think I have any of them still. And I had like some WCW ones too. And it sucks when you, you think about like how much that stuff was worth too. Like if you Mm. kept it in the package or whatever, like obviously, you know, you're a kid, you're going to open it, you're going to play with it and stuff. But and and if everybody did keep, it's so funny is everyone's like, Oh, if I kept in the package, well, if you did, then nothing, none of it it wouldn't be worth anything because everybody kept in the package. So it wouldn't be worth anything. So it, 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 it's true. It's true. But you know, it's, it's funny. Cause I actually had like my, my, even though I opened everything, uh, a lot of my stuff was in good shape mm. 
and uh, my parents made the mistake of giving it to younger siblings, and that's where it, they got trashed. Yeah. If they if if I just was able to put it in the toy box and then keep it there for twenty years and then go back to it, like that stuff would still be in the same shape I had twenty years ago. Whereas, you know, my little brother, he was that type where he wanted to torture and destroy them all. So he was just smashing them together until they exploded <laughs> and the pieces were all over the yard. And you'd find, you know, you two years later, you're mowing the lawn and you find a, a turtle arm and a He-Man leg, you know, like that kind of thing. And it sucks because, like, I, I would have loved to have a lot of those still, you mm-hmm. know, in, in decent shape like I left them. But I was stupid and left them, you know, like if I took them with me, maybe it would have been different. But when you're a kid, too, like especially when you're a teenager, like, oh, I throw away those things. I don't care yeah. about childish yeah, things you anymore. You rebel against your youth. Yeah. And then then, you, then, a, then, a, then in a couple of years, you're like, shit, I wish I held on mm-hmm. to that stuff, especially when you're a nerd, because, uh, you know, yeah, you want to have that collection. You want to have that. Yeah. Coll- yeah, exactly. So you go back to that stuff and you're like, ah, shit, I wish I kept this in better condition or I wish my brother didn't. Well, get so I wish I kept all my like NES games. Cause I remember like when I got like super. Nintendo was like, oh, I don't you know, need this anymore. I gave a bunch of them to my cousin. Yeah. And it's like, I just, you know, because you get that thought of like, oh, I'm, I'm outgrowing this and I don't need this. And you wind up just getting rid of stuff. And you're like, fuck. Right. And like, there's like so much stuff. And like, I, I wish I still had, uh, I used to have my old wrestling buddies, mm-hmm. the WWF ones. Like, yeah. I, had, I had like Hulk Hogan. I had all, I had Hogan, Ma- what was it? Hogan Macho Man, Million Dollar Man. And Ultimate Warrior. Those are the four they had. And I used to use them actually when I uh, first started playing in bands. I used to use that to pad my drums in my, my <laughs> car. That was like the pillows I had. So everything would <laughs> scratch each other. And I had a show once. To, I don't know where we were. And I took them out at my guitarist's house. And I, I left them there as we were setting stuff up. And I forgot them there. Oh, I no. never got them back. Because we wound up breaking up long, long after that. Oh, fuck. And I'm like, oh. And I still think about that now. I'm like... I, kind of want to call him <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know i can fucking find the guy watch he like sleeps with them every yeah. night <laughs> i call him it's been like hey no i haven't spoken in like 15 years but uh derek if you're <laughs> talking if you're calling about the pillows <laughs> fuck you they're mine and he just hangs up on you he just knows right away what's going on yeah exactly no 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 you left them <laughs> you can go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> he's holding Hulk Hogan up. He's talking to me. Yeah, I, I, there's like so many of those things. I'm like, oh, I wish I still had that stuff. I think I still have some because then WCW came out with wrestling buddies of their own, but they talked. Yeah, like they made sounds and you bent. Like it was so funny because I remember, I remember the one. Um, if you bent their arm, like they, they were really they they put sensors on them that were really specific, and that I just I think it was the Hulk Hogan one. Like if you bent it. He would say like, "Ow, my right arm!" Like he was, <laughs> he was so 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 specific that you were like, "Oh my god, he wasn't bending his right arm." But who the fuck says that when you're bending the, like someone's right. arm? Like, "Oh, that's my right arm." Like, my squeedily spooch. <laughs> yeah, like they all had those old sayings on it, and uh, I I don't know if I still have any of those. Like there was so much that. It's just so far gone that I don't even know where they are. Like, there's only a handful of that stuff that I still have, even because I want to just losing a lot over moves and all this stuff that's just kind of right gone away. That I I I couldn't even tell you what's what's still in existence anywhere, and I just want to forgetting a lot of it too over time because you just move on and yeah. then you see stuff. It's so funny is going online and like seeing like just coming across like blogs or someone someone's talking about old toys and like oh fuck I like it, you just 
completely forget about it. Yeah. But it comes right back to you. I know. Like there, there's so many things that you you might forget about. Like a movie you saw. Like that happens to me all the time. Like I'll hear a movie title. I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then even the description still kind of like I feel like I did, but I don't know. But you throw a toy at me that I had at some point, maybe even for a month when I was a kid, fucking jump right back in there. I'll know exactly what that is. Right, yeah. And it's like that that's just such a unique thing that you have. And that's it it, it it's especially to our generation because um the generations before that really didn't have those type like mm-hmm. the, the marketing and things were so much different when we were kids. Yeah, they had like the generation before us was like rock'em sock'em robots or sleds. Like it was generic Right. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like these a, specific licensed yeah. toys and like storylines and things like that. Like there was a lot of stuff in our era that was built into like like you know He Man had a had this ongoing saga and Turtles had this ongoing story and things like that for you to get into and yeah. like to to get yourself immersed in this uh this idea of these stories and these characters and what they're doing and stuff like that and yeah maybe a lot of it was dumb or cheesy or whatever. But, you know, you you owned a piece of that by getting into the toys or the the, the uh, comics or the cartoons or whatever. And so then it sticks in your brain in some weird spot or another. So we have this unique nostalgia that's different from the kind of nostalgia of previous generations, mm-hmm. I think, anyway. Oh, yeah. It's, I think our our generation, we had by far the best toys of, of any generation and probably any to come which is why they keep rebooting them mm-hmm. you know it's interesting how you see like why doesn't someone come up with something like turtles today because it just has that that unique thing to it i mean when you think about like the the idea of teenaged mutant ninja <laughs> turtles like just the even the title alone yeah. like who sits down and comes up with that someone that was high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like something bizarre and creative yeah. and fun and weird and quirky and to put all these weird influences into it and stuff like that. Like obviously that was a labor of love of these two guys who got together and, and made something crazy and weird. And then some executive got the brilliant idea, like let's market this into a show, let's turn this into a cartoon. And then he kind of mainstreamed it a little bit more and made it you know, he turned up the goofiness, turned up the, yeah. you know, like well, obviously it was the, the 80s the, too, man. That's what it those, was. Those 80s cliches, yeah. you know, like, you know, cowabunga and all that kind of shit. They, I mean, they threw all that stuff in there, you know, like the, the, the pizza stuff and let's focus on that and not so much this like, because I mean, in the first, the first couple comics, they murder the Shredder, like the Shredder gets killed. And then like in the, the, the cartoons, it was like Shredder was this goofy guy who was running yeah. around like getting, you know, Oh, I'll get you next time. You know that kind of thing. Like it was curse it was, you. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was real silly and over the top. You know he was he was incompetent. He wasn't like pure evil like he was in the the comics and stuff. So the the newer cartoon I think does a great job because it's a nice balance of all those things. It takes the best parts. It it bas- they basically probably sat down and said, what do we like about each version of these? And then put them all into one at the same time. Yeah. So it, it pleases the newer generations who are who are just getting into this idea of what these characters are and what they do and stuff. It captures the spirit for the old the old school fans, and it still offers something new where it's a little bit unpredictable. Where you're like, okay, I really don't know where they're going with this. You know, it's still fun. You know, like, and they they take their time with it. Like a lot of the the things they, they want to get to, you know, whatever the big thing is. Like, it took them almost three seasons to get to Bebop and Rocksteady. 
because they introduce new characters. Instead of just playing on your nostalgia, mm-hmm. they also introduce new characters as well for you to get used I to. Th- and I that think sort like of 80s thing. is a sweet spot in nostalgia, and like you see it even in political things. Right. That's why people always will reference, you know, Reaganomics and all. They'll always go back to anything with the 80s. Like right. they, they love throwing that in. And like you see, like even with the shows like the uh, Goldbergs, I don't know if you were, if you watch. Oh that yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah and it's like it's, I like it. it's it's it's, yeah, it's like, not bad. It's extremely nostalgic, but it's like that's like a sweet spot, and it's like it's it's now coming to a time when people really want to look back to that. Cause I remember after they did uh, that '70s show, mm-hmm. do you remember the failed that '80s show that they attempted? Yeah, yeah, it was. They, they just were trying to. They were and, trying way too hard. Yeah, and they they I think it lasted. I don't think it even made it full full season. It made it a couple episodes, and they're like, "Oh, we're getting the fuck out of this." Right, which kind of was surprising to me because that '70s show lasted for a long time, mm-hmm. and then they just attempted right away to do that '80s show, and they're like, "Oh no, fuck it." No, and just I, I could not tell you a single thing about it. I remember watching it, but I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But I think now we're at that. Now with our generation being in our thirties and like now we're ready to be nostalgia and we're starting to have kids. Thankfully I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can you, you want to push that onto your kids. Like you want to talk that's what always happens. Like yeah, you, you want to introduce them yeah. to that. So now that stuff like, that you grew it's up that with. hit we're hitting that sweet spot for our generation. Like that's why you're starting to see more and more eighties stuff and more like early nineties, like that coming back that people are, are bringing it back around and, and talking about it because that's just Yep. now we're at that point where it's like it's so funny it, like I think about that all the time it's like I remember being this young stupid punk kid and then having like the older punk guys are like oh these fucking kids and I'm like oh, I'm never gonna be like that well here I am here you are <laughs> like yep. oh god how that cause it's just how did that happen like when when did I become that guy that's that's now the cantankerous you know fuck the youth guy but <laughs> oh, I don't know but on that note, uh, we've had two really good sour beers and a fucking long conversation. Absolutely. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, maybe, I don't know if George will well, be off. Hopefully his, George will be. Yeah, George will be back either the next week or the week after. It depends on his detox ends. Whenever, whatever, it's at the end of the month. Tell, so. tell him, you know, we do talk about other shit. You yeah. know, he can come on and not drink if he doesn't want to. Maybe we'll do that. I don't know how fun George is. He's not drunk, though. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> be super serious. All right. On that note, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Good night. Or good afternoon. I guess whenever you're listening to or it. Or good morning. <laughs> see you. Chicken, chicken, and the rest chicken, chicken.